later on confirmed. Players that they needed, the teams they needed, and stuff like that. I think I'm actually not surprised that we we keep playing together uh, because I feel like this like when you when you climb in the ranks and we are playing in a thing, like the only teams that I think uh, we would say yes to as players is probably Astralis, right? And and I mean they found Config and Blamef, which is like two really good players and. And then they found Farlik, which is also really, like, I, I don't see it as a surprise that they took those guys over some of us. So, I mean, in, the, in that sense, it's kind of, you know, expected in that way. Add some fun to your space with Extrify, designed in Sweden with focus on quality products built on experience. You're looking at Project 4. They're four generation of products with super cool colorways to stand out, with matching sets to satisfy with a solid B4 Bungie, lightweight ergonomic M4 mouse, the K4 keyboard is fantastic, all of which are performance focused, and finish it off with colorful GP4 mouse mats that are bold in design and smooth on the surface. The retro theme in particular has got the feels. Complete your setup with Extrify. No regrets, guaranteed. Hey buddy, let me show you how to fix that. Bitskins.com. Buy and sell skins instantly. Deposit and withdraw funds instantly with crypto or directly to your Visa card. Bitskins.com. The best skin marketplace. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of HLTV Confirmed. We're just discussing some Danish delicacies here on episode 12 of season six. You can see I have Roy with me and Prof, but Stryker, he's nowhere to be seen. He didn't show up to work today. We didn't get a call. It's a Tuesday. Prof, can you please make an excuse for Stryker of why he's not in attendance? Look, uh, as some of you might know, in, in Czech Republic, Monday is the biggest drinking day. Uh, so mm, it is true. My my thinking is probably Striker went out with some friends and uh, they got super drunk and him as a responsible person had to like take care of them, drive them all home, make sure maybe one had to go to the ambulance emergency or something like that. So he's taking care of them. And then that's why he couldn't really, uh, of course, in that all of that, his phone died. So he couldn't call us. And that's why he's not here. Roy, do you buy this excuse as the guest on the show? Uh, I mean, it sounds pretty valid, actually. Okay. All right. Well, Roy's happy with it. Now, uh, yeah. before we... Yeah? Oh, I feel like I cut you off, Roy. I'm sorry, man. No, no. I no. disagreed with you. I just have to do the most important part of the show here so that the money keeps coming into my bank account every month. This is the part that matters the most, everybody at home. And this is where I want you all to pay as much attention as humanly possible. Extrify, Bitskins, and N1Bet. That's the sponsors of the show here. You know where to check them out. Extrify if you're in the marketplace for some peripherals, mouse, keyboard, mouse pad. They got all the goods covered over there. Bitskins. Maybe you want a dragon look. Maybe you want a howl. If you want either of those things, you're rich. So that must be pretty cool for you. N1Bet. They're our new sponsor of the show. You can check them out. Remember to gamble responsibly. Uh, N1 could stand for number one, could stand for nice one. Either way, we'll find out later in the show. Uh, now we can get the show going. So Roy's here. We introduced him. Prof, he made an excuse for Striker. Lucas, how do you feel about my background? Very exotic. Why are they saying PGO audio in the chat? What I happened? think it might have lacked a bit. 
It it said it like. All right, cancel the show. Cancel the show. That's it. We're already done. We're it's already over. We're we yeah. Turn it off. We're all going home. That's it's great. Thanks for coming. Anyway, let's get uh, into the hot seat. Play the bumper, Lucas. Uh, okay. All right, we're going to get stuck into this one quick and fast. Now, Roy, we had you on the show. You're in person. You're having a couple of frothies. You were saying that if you're old and you want to be good at Counter-Strike, you just have to play lots of deathmatch. Uh, is that still true? Just lots of deathmatch? Make sure you're still hitting the heads? Um, actually, I, I tried something new lately, and uh, it's been working really good for me. Actually, I was uh, I was kind of feeling stressed out and uh, felt pretty bad and didn't really enjoy myself. So I just kind of toned it down a little bit and played a bit less and started working out more and time with some friends and like all these things that you wouldn't think would have a say in how you're playing Counter-Strike and then I don't know all of a sudden I just played some of my best years I have in a while so I mean I guess it's just a it's just in your head sometimes okay um, do you do you think you hit like a certain level at some point where like the aim's always going to be at that that range like if you're putting in enough reps enough hours and then it's just about everything else outside of that how the mental health is yeah I think I think you have like a like a pretty peak level, you know. I I, I think as well. I, I myself, I have a, you know, a level where I can I can't really get further than that. But uh, I mean, I, I will, then you want to try and hit that level all the time, you know, and be consistent at it. And I think that's what's the hard like that's the hard part because when you hit like when I hit my best and I play my best and you know I feel really good and I I, I can play against the best teams in the world and stuff like that. But you know, it's just about you know getting that to that point consistently, which I feel like is pretty hard. But I mean, that's what you do. You just kind of experiment with it and you try different things and if something works you, you keep doing it and then when it stops working which it usually probably will and then you you try and change things up because i don't feel like there's a you know a, a perfect mixture of what to do i think you kind of need to mix it up as well that's why i also think that i'm not going to be you know not, not playing that much counter-strike for forever i'm gonna you know change it up a little bit and when just feel good with the game i think that's most important and then change your res and your crosshair and get a new mouse and <laughs> of plug course, into, of course. yeah the classic right yeah change exactly. the anime profile picture all the good yeah. stuff yeah the good one is just you know one bad half or like one bad round and you just change everything <laughs> keep going i mean I, th- I think i'm actually pretty have good discipline about that actually so i tried to, i played like with the same res like since the beginning i played counter strike the first day i played the same res what res so oh uh, 1600 900 so okay. 16 9 Okay, all right, all right. Not too, not 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 too crazy. Problem. In, yeah. in terms of changes, like also you you talked about like playing a lot of DM. Do you change the way you practice, like your aim and stuff like that, or is it always just the same DM aim bots or wh- whatever you're doing? Are you trying some of the the stuff that Sponge is shilling for all of the refrags, shilling for all all of these, you know, uh-huh. aim practices? There's like so many things out there right now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, you kind of just go with the flow and then you, if something works out and you feel like it's working really good and you play good when you're doing it, then of course you keep doing it. And then sometimes you may have a bad game or you have some bad days or whatever. And then you, like, then I try and change things up a little bit, you know, maybe go play more pistol DM instead of like only rifle DM and then maybe some aim maps and switch it up a little bit. And also like my warm-up routine before the games, like should I maybe play more DM or less DM before the game? Should I play one hour before or right before the game and all these kind of things. So, I mean, I think, I feel like you, I think almost every player, you know, I think most people have maybe like some things that are pretty, you know, certain and you keep doing it all the time. And that's like a small part of it. And then like outside of that, you, you, you change things up a lot and try and just like go and see what works for you. Okay. 
All right, well, uh, let's give everybody a bit of a history lesson. Maybe some of our newer viewers, they're not too familiar with the Copenhagen Flames story from the last major, right? So just a bunch of plucky lads, Danish little brutes out there. They're working hard. They're in a part of the, uh, the the farm team of Danish Counter-Strike. They come on through the major. They make this massive splash. They play some really well, well-rounded well Counter-Strike. You're one of the star names of the team. you got Nikodos in the mix there as well. Um, and, and the team is able to make all these leaps and bounds. You're on Hatred TV confirmed. I'm trying to sell you guys to the world. Then uh, the whole post-major blues kinds of sets in, mate. Um, Complexity decided to go with a North American roster. You guys didn't end up joining that, which it was rumored for, for such a long time that, that that may have been going on. And then in terms of the results as well, they, they tapered off a little bit. Was it just a case that everybody talks about of being at the top of the mountain, being the highest of highs, and then maybe everything just after that feeling a little bit more dull? I think it was like a mix of everything. You know, we had a, a really long you know period of time where we were talking with Complexity and we had a lot of focus elsewhere. And I mean, and of course, uh, you play like some of the most important matches in your life and the most like, I don't know, um, where just like emotional games of your life. And you just like, it's very hard to go from that and then go back home and play online matches. I think like the first few matches we had after that was just like, kind of felt a bit like practice in some way where you just kind of doesn't really matter that much. You just, like, you're trying to, <laughs> like from all this highs you've experienced just, just before and you come back and you play some online match that literally doesn't matter at all almost and it, it can be pretty hard to motivate yourself and it can be pretty hard to you know uh, keep working hard and grinding and all these kind of things i mean i think we had a pretty good like we had a good idea it would, it would come we had a lot of talk about it we were trying to you know prevent it from happening uh but i mean in the end it just didn't really pan out as we wanted to and we didn't really show up our level and I'm, i think it was kind of like a mix of, of, of a lot of of a lot of stuff that's happened um and especially didn't help that we had to focus so much on negotiating with the complexity and stuff like that so but i mean we are we are we are getting back slowly and uh hopefully we will be back in time for the for the armats tournament that's all that matters right like that's, yeah, exactly. that's the focus for a lot of people here like I, I i have um now this formulated in my head sounds like it's a massive dick question now it's not it's not meant to come across that way at all but are you surprised that the team has stayed together Right, because there's been a couple of Danish teams making some moves, right? Namely, Astralis. An Orpa was needed. You get a pretty nice Orpa on your team. Are you surprised that the, the five the five lads stuck together? Um, in some way, I am, and some way, I'm not. I think it's. I think like with the things happening and the change that happened, and the with the teams like needing the kind of players they they, they needed, and and with the Danish, like I, I'm not surprised they they picked Farley actually. I mean, he's he's a really good Orpa, like for Astralis example, and um. Yeah, I think like with the with the players that they needed, the teams that needed and stuff like that. I think I'm actually not surprised that we we keep playing together uh, because I feel like this like when you when you climb in the ranks and we are playing in a like the only teams that I think uh, we would say yes to as players is probably Astralis, right? And and I mean they found Config and Blamev, which is like two really good players, and and then they found Falik, which is also really like I, I don't see it as a surprise that they took those guys over some of us. So I mean in that in that sense it's kind of you know expected in that way, but um, and in terms of like going international and like going to some international teams, I feel like that's that's not really like when you climb the ranks, the more you feel about yourself and feel how good you are and like the t how good the team is, like the more or like the less you know options are available if you want to go somewhere else because you climb in the ranks and then you look at the rankings, like what team would I actually say yes to if they asked me, you know? And mm. then you look at like the international teams and there's not really that much that many, you know. There's Face Clan and and a, and a few other teams that that could like maybe have an interest in you and uh, I mean. Uh, it didn't really, you know, pan out that way at all. That they needed something like someone, like, someone like us, because if you want to go international, there's you, there's a lot of, you know, uh, 
options available for a team. And uh, it's not necessarily that the duo are going to be the first pick, you know? Sure. You didn't okay. mention uh, heroic there. So do you think that that yeah, makes think... sense for you guys? I think, like for sure, I think, but I, like I don't think any of us, you know, had any idea that they would, or like would think that they would change players. I think they're playing some pretty good CS, and it feels like to me that they have a really good relationship with each other and they have really good team chemistry. So I'm really not expecting them to make any changes uh, in the in the in the near future at all. And I, and I think also for this time that we have had since the major, yeah, I haven't seen a moment where I felt like they could make changes. So. Uh, but of course, like that would definitely be the best team to join in Denmark right now. Uh, they're playing some really, really good CS, and I think you can really learn so much from playing with these guys. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely the best option. And uh, but they are playing so good as well, so I don't see them making any changes at all. Mm. It's actually just interesting when you think about it. Like the the what you said now is that you could learn so much playing with them. And when you think about heroic, like at least in my mind, they're still kind of the young guys in the scene. Uh, it's just an interesting way of framing it because, like, you surely can learn a lot, not just you, but anyone in general, like the way they're playing and how long they've been on top for like almost two years now since the, all of the online stuff started. They've been like top five consistently. So there must be a lot of experience and knowledge there. But it's just, it's just weird to put heroic in that category still, despite, mm. every, despite everything in th that they went through. Yeah, I, I think it's just mainly because they have. I think they have like built their own kind of meta way of playing or like the way of playing and i think that it fits the meta really well right now in cs and i think they are just very very good all of them you know at playing uh, how do you say like individually and making uh, uh, like decisions on the fly you know which i feel like cs is all about right now is that you need really need to be quick in your feet and you know take a decision that makes sense in the game in the round like what what like what what's happened like why do you make this decision it's not because you you talked about it one hour earlier that when they do this you do this and you do this and then you do this you know and it's just like all on the fly and on intuition and all these kind of things and i think that's like what they're really really good at i think also that's what they're practicing so much and trying to become good at and then on top of that they're, they're kind of like they have their own play style and they play very different to a lot of teams mm -hmm. so i'm like more thinking in that sense okay um, just to touch on this complexity, or, or maybe even just other teams that you were looking to cycle towards uh, the well, the postmortem of the major, uh, does does it sting not getting a team like that, knowing that it, you could have had a blast spot and and a, a louver agreement spot, or are you guys just like fuck it, like the major if we qualify, hopefully stickers, you know, all that good stuff. Like, what's what's the thought process from the team right there? Is it demotivating? How do, how does it change the the focus of the squad? I think it was really demotivating in like uh, in the start when we figured out that they didn't want to go with us. Uh, I mean, we were really looking forward to you know being in a really you know great organization, big organization, and and they also you know they have that important plus spot and is a pro spot, and that's not really many organizations that can give you these kind of things. And I think it's very very valuable, especially for a team like us, because then we would be secured to have you know uh, very high tier one matches on LAN and all these kind of things, and you don't really have to you know gamble on going through some qualifier or a lot of tournaments to get to these you know big events and i think that's what what we're like that's what we what we what we were looking most forward to was just playing these tournaments and it's just it's kind of you know like it's of course you get more salary and salary and all these kind of things you get all these other benefits but i, I definitely think that what we were you know looking most forward to was these spots because then you're just like secured all these events and you can just secure your ranking because you know it's all about getting your hlcv points and climbing up the ranking because then when the invites comes out for the big events they're just gonna like take down the list you know and yeah 
and you just if you just climb that ladder you know it just makes everything so easy and you don't have to like you can just stay up there consistently and you can play all these good games consistently and i feel like that's what's so important if you want to be a good counter-strike player is that you play these good teams all the time in a you know professional environment instead of just practice and stuff like that so uh, it was very you know because i think it was just very demotivating because we spent so much time on it as well like we mm. spent almost two months just negotiating back and forth and we actually were agreeing in the end and we were just looking you know forward to signing and then all of a sudden you know okay i'm not gonna go with you guys so it was very devastating in that in that way um but you know it is what it is Maybe EG will be looking for a new roster soon. You never know, right? So you guys are 12th in the world right now. You never know what's going to happen there. Anything's possible. Uh, let's let's jump forward and, and talk a little bit about Katapitza, right? Because you guys have to come through the play-ins. You qualify there. You think you get over Fnatic, and then it was like NIP, right? But then you get thrown into just a grueling bracket. You guys have to play VP, and then your next matchup in the lower bracket was against Gambit, right? Do you think that was a... Like, the Gambit game was pretty close, right? I think the overpass was like a double digit, and then you guys won... Was it Vertigo? You won the second map of, the, of that series. How did yeah. how did Katowice go from the team's perspective? Obviously disappointing where you went out, but did it feel like you guys were, were putting up a, a good fight? I think like coming into Katowice, we were all feeling really bad. I mean, we hadn't really been performing at all, and we were just kind of, you know, our mood and like our expectations from ourselves was really, really low. And then we came in and we just played really good from the get-go. And I think that was very, very important for us because I think like if we came into that event and we just, you know, totally sucked and just went out like and didn't win a second match i think that would definitely have been a really hard hit for for the team that could that could have been something that would you know change things up a little bit in terms of the, like the roster and stuff like that i think so um but i mean then we we went in and we got a really good start and of course we meet Virtus pro and game it which are like really really good teams and i think i mean i think game with game we, we could have definitely won i think they didn't play the best uh in that game but again Virtus pro we just got absolutely destroyed and I think we got a bit of, you know, reality check <laughs> against these good teams that we just need to, you know, we have to work on a lot of stuff to be able to beat these teams. And I think in some sense, it was just kind of, you know, we, we came in and we got what we wanted. Um, and we didn't, we weren't really that disappointed after the game, like after the, the, the tournament, because I think we, we all had a pretty good feeling that we were like getting back on track, which was the most important part for us back then. Mm. Okay. Prof, you got anything about Katowice or should we keep on trucking? Yeah, I guess the the interesting part that you mentioned there is like how much that just gave confidence to the team in terms of, you know, sticking together and believing in the project. Because for teams that, especially like a team like Copenhagen Flames, like if you don't do well at that tournament, you don't do well at the RMR, there's, you can't, you're nowhere to be seen, right? You're not a, you're not an EG that's going to play another invite tournament in like two, in a, two weeks or three weeks. It's just like, okay, now we're dropping out of top 30. Goodbye, everyone. You're not going to see us in, in some time. So I guess that is kind of the, the interesting part for a team like as yours right now. It's just like these things, when you get an opportunity, you just have to take them essentially. Otherwise, it's roster changes, right? Yeah, I mean, I think also because we have been playing so well and we've been doing so well, like over expectation, I think, you know, our own expectations of ourselves also, you know, gradually increases all the time. And I think that's, you know, what, what kind of does it because, I mean, uh, because we have a lot of expectations of ourselves because we have been doing really good and we see ourselves, you know, being these team consistently where maybe four months ago we wouldn't have that same feeling at all. And it would kind of be different the way you, you think if you lose against teams like this and if you're having a bad period. And I think that that's kind of what does it because, you know, you, you're expectations increase all the time and you're just like uh yeah i mean if you keep losing against teams that you feel like you should be winning against then of course you you feel like something should 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 happening should or should happen you know so mm. 
I, 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 we'll drift forward into this next one here because I've been watching some of the boys' games that you guys have been playing, right? Especially the Blast Qualifier one where you played against JW and Flusher. Like, uh, what are they, health players? And that yeah. was fucking close, man. Like, is it like, do you find it harder playing against all these different names every day of the week in these online cups than you do when you have the land games when you're prepping for teams? Like, what what's the challenge? Like, because we always we always hear from people like, oh yeah, the, the tier two, tier three realms is always so difficult. This, that, and the other. But like, what what do you guys have those same issues? Do you have those same woes? Uh, I think it's it's just changes all the time. I mean, sometimes you feel like you're prepping really good and your like your preparation coming into the game is really good, and you should just be keep doing that. And then sometimes you feel like you're prepping too much or you're you're doing things that you shouldn't do shouldn't shouldn't be doing, and then it kind of affects you in the game and. Like all these kind of like uh, setups when you're against, like when you're the other dog, you have to we have to do things differently. If we're the you know the favorites, then we have to do things differently. And I think we have been really bad at being favorites. And then like mm. coming out after out of the major, a lot of guys, even ourselves, had a lot of expectations to us. And then we when we faced teams that we maybe one month before like we wouldn't mind losing to because they were a good team. Then now suddenly we sit with a feeling that okay we should beat these guys. And then you know it, it kind of have, it has changed. Like we have changed the way we prep prep games all the time because you know it, it kind of feels different. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure what 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 is doing it. Because when we are playing at lane and we're prepping, we are doing a lot of prep and we're doing you know a lot of all these things that we like to do. And then when we come online and we play some match and we do the same, then suddenly. <laughs> It kind of have the opposite effect on us, and I think that's kind of what we've been working with and trying to figure out what is what is the best thing to do. But it, it is definitely hard when you are playing like these online matches and when you're the when you're suddenly the favorites and they play a different play style. Like how should you be, uh, how should you approach the game and stuff like that. So it's 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 a bit of experimenting. Do you find you get left with more questions or more answers after those type of matches, right? Because I imagine if people are always throwing something different your way or maybe they're doing a bit more of a random type of play style or, or random as far as what, what the meta is, like, do you think it helps you guys with more solutions or do you think it just leaves you going, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I mean, sometimes it can be a bit hard. I think it kind of depends, right? I mean, sometimes you... Maybe you realize you have to. We have to play like this when we're the favorites, or against teams like this. Because sometimes we have definitely had like where we where we play a team and we just we expect too much of that team, and we're like we are we are we we giving them way too much respect, you know, because we are used to playing maybe against these good really good teams, and we we expect them to to figure out that if we do this, then it's pretty obvious that we're doing this instead, and blah blah blah. And then we talk about this, and then sometimes we can just sit and say like, I mean, I mean, we shouldn't really think that they that they would expect that these kind of things or like put notice to these kind of things. So mm. we just we're just showing them way too much respect. Just fucking forget about all that. Just fucking play the game and just go and do your thing, and then. Like we've definitely had moments like that because uh, I think sometimes we can we can overcomplicate things a bit when we're playing against teams that we shouldn't really do that against them. I mean, it's you kind of just solely figure out stuff about yourself and the team, and and I mean, I think it's in the end it helps it helps us definitely. I mean, like we get we get closer to a way of playing or a way of thinking when we play these certain different teams. So I think it's a it's a, it's a process. Okay. All right. Probably got well, anything here? Yeah, I wanted to ask about the JW Flusha team. Do you think they're any good? Is there any potential there? Obviously, like two of the most legendary CS players, almost. So you know. I, actually, I think uh, I was really surprised with like JW's level in that game. Uh, like when he's been playing, I, I, I can definitely feel. I, I definitely got some, you know, moments where I thought, okay, this guy when he's at his double, he's, like I can definitely imagine him being so annoying to play against against these, like when he had his prime and when he was playing in Fnatic and was really good. Like he, I think he, I kind of uh, got a good picture of how he was, how, of how he was as a player back then because he was doing so many wild things. Um, but I mean, I think they have some, 
like they're decent. I think that's. I'm not really. I don't really know the like the young uh, Swedish talents and like how good they are and how much like potential they have and stuff like that. So, but I think that like, if they are, if they have really good work ethic and all these kind of things. Like the the young guys, I definitely think that the team could you know become okay in in the end because I think uh, Flusher and JW has a lot to, to to learn them, you know, and and can give them a lot of you know experience. So, I mean, I, th- I definitely see some potential there. This is the thing, Prof. You see what they're doing here. This is what I wish, like, all of the, the older boys... Like, it's not working out for Cold Zero right now, right? But this is, you know, this this kind of formula of going back, grabbing some talent, and then having another experienced member with you and trying to form... Because the thing is, like, c- certain configurations of players just don't work together anymore, right? Like, it just, it just That just happens. That just... It just naturally happens. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you... Prof, you asked the question to Roy. I want to know what you think. Do you, did you watch any of this <laughs> stuff? Uh, but no, no, I didn't catch, didn't catch the game. I saw, like, one round. Or there was something on Reddit, I think, I saw from that game, but I didn't watch their their games. Also, like, Colzera is not even comparable. Like, he actually has good players on his team. Like, that yeah. should be a... That should be at least a top 30 team, I think. However you turn it around, it's not like he picked up some no-namers from, you know from the jungle it's like oh this is a pc this is how you use so i don't know a mouse and now they're playing this is literally some of the best players in brazil and Try south and america mount. yeah really yeah good. plus like in leo and vsm are also really good so um that should be a really good team um maybe it's just gonna take i, I don't want to say it's gonna take time but maybe, i don't know man i feel like it's got to click at some point right maybe yeah, i mean the out. rmr is coming up so it's gonna True. be like a, a test for them and a bunch of different teams that True. like if they don't go through there's gonna be so many roster changes it's gonna be hilarious okay let's uh let's talk about the rmrs right because uh obviously coming up soon roy you and your squadron are gonna be there in group b now uh, for those people who aren't too familiar with how this whole thing works it's gonna be swiss uh, and i believe it's eight teams from each group right there's 16 teams from europe I'm pretty yep. sure there's 16 teams from uh, europe, yeah yeah, I think so. I think there's like two, like two groups, uh, yeah. and then there's sixteen in each, pretty sure, mm-hmm. and then like eight goes through. There's the link for Lucas to bring up for everybody at home, so they can all see what we're talking about here. So I'll just uh, read it out for everybody, our audio only listeners. We'll start at the bottom and we'll work our way up. So within this group, you've got Anonymous, Sangal, Endpoint, Bad News, Eagles, Sprout, Ave, Spirit, Sinners, Heat used to be known as Double Pony, maybe those who are uninitiated. Astralis, Ents, Copenhagen Flames, Entropic, NIP, Gambit, and G2. This is meant to be considered the, the easier group, yeah. I believe. Do you think yes. this is the easier group, Roy? Yeah, I do. I do believe. I think the other one is, is way harder. So, I mean, we got kind of lucky, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's just like kind of how it all shakes out, right? And, and it was changing quite consistently with roster changes and stuff. Correct me if I'm wrong, Prof, right? There was a couple of roster changes where the group kept moving around. Uh I'm not sure that anything changed, honestly. Okay. Um I don't I don't remember any anyone saying anything, but I know that was a possibility because we didn't know really how the ranking is gonna finish because like a roster change like Astralis, for example, they didn't do anything. Like technically Lucky is their True. primary player and but he's we know that's in the not lineup. the case. Yeah. And they're they're gonna change that last minute. So I don't think that's gonna affect anything. So I don't. I don't remember there being any changes, but it's just about how the how the cups and the qualifying qualifying cups essentially how they played out. Um, so you know, some teams finished number one, and maybe they weren't that good. But it doesn't. Those re- seeding matches don't really matter, but in the end, they matter because yeah, they determine the seedings. Yeah, and we know that with the uh, pro league bracket, we're going to talk about a little bit later today. So, Rog, for everybody playing at home, right? In in this group, most people know the top eight, which obviously is from Heat up to G two. But in the, in the bottom teams here, is there anybody that people at home shouldn't be sleeping on or shouldn't be too surprised to see them grab a bit of an upset victory? Any of those names that you go, ah, shit, I don't want to have to play them? Uh, I definitely think Bad News Eagles is a team that you 
<laughs> really don't want to be playing against, but I guess I'm a bit biased because we have lost them like the last three times or something that we played against okay. them. So, I mean, and, and they are playing like really wild CS and like all over the place and like playing really on individual skill and uh, they have some really good aimers and a lot of good individuals. So I think if they, if you fade that team on, on lane and they are hitting their shots and I definitely think they can start to make you second guess if you should be playing this tournament or not. So I definitely see them like coming up with a few upsets here though. Okay, so this is obviously the the thing that you're ramping for this event, right? So, does anything change between now and and the lead up to this? Like, because as we were talking about before, we don't have those same opportunities. This is the most important event of the season for you guys, other than actually, yeah. you know. So, uh, does does anything change? Do you do a boot camp? Does anything along those lines start to happen with the team, or do you just keep going as usual until you get there? Um, I mean, we definitely like plan our schedules towards this event, and we like talk about. Uh... Like our map pool and how like what do we want to work on like we want like all like the end goal is is always when we talk about stuff is just to make sure that like this is ready for the major or like for the rmr qualifier because definitely this is the most important event for us so i mean we and we kind of like think ahead and uh try and plan like uh, like what maps are we gonna be working on and, and all these kind of things so yeah like the it's definitely the, the goal for us this rmr tournament and we have been changing up some some things to be ready uh, and we have talked about like how how do we want to be ready and what do we want to focus on and because we only have like limited time right because we're playing mm -hmm. so many online matches we kind of have an idea of how much we practice we we will have so we really want to use that and it's not really a lot we have like it's not with, like we have a lot of days to practice and a lot of hours and stuff like that so we really need to you know pin it down to what is what is the most important for us to to work on and, and that's what we what, what would be what we have been doing so far now, maybe you could help us with this, right? But there are some events in the lead up to this for certain teams. Now, there's a bit of a break between the end of Pro League and the start of the first EU RMR, but there's the uh, there's the America's RMR before that. Do you expect that some of these teams are maybe in the high-profile teams are sandbagging a little, or do you think that maybe they don't prioritize as much, like in terms of the, the smaller tournaments that they're playing before the RMRs, or do you think everyone's just going out there trying to you know, not obviously 100% is, is is one of these hard things to gauge. But do you think there's certain certain teams, or maybe you can even talk from your experience here, because that that wouldn't be having other events as a focus? Because this is something we we need to do more on the show. I think Prof is help give people an understanding of what events are the most important in the in the whole scheme of things, right? And yeah. the RMR being the direct qualifier for the major, that's the most important. So, Roy, do you would you think that certain teams and maybe for Pro League they're, they're not given one hundred percent, not going to show all their strategies that they've been working on and shit? Uh, I think like all teams have like, I, I, but I, I think it's kind of comes down to like the format right now. I think this this tournament is really you know unique because it's just you know one Swiss uh, and then if you go through, you're basically through to the major, right? So. Yep. It's just when you put it like that, I think everyone is just you know have their full focus on this. Of course, you can have, still have some focus on on like the pro league and all these kind of things. It's not like you when you decide to have your focus on RMR, you can't do anything about this uh, other games. Of course, you can, uh, but I, I still think that most teams will have you know like a plan of how they want to approach uh, the pro league and and like uh, what kind of maps do they want? Do they maybe want to give other teams an idea? Like let's say you have a really weak map, right? And and you want to show uh, everyone before the RMR that you can play this map because it's going to help you in the video at the RMR. So like, th those are the kind of things that I think teams are doing because they okay. want to you know, be in the best position they can be when they go into the Vetoes uh, at, at the RMR tournament. And I think you can use some of the tournaments before uh, to kind of do that. And um, also in terms of like strategies, if you have like really, really good things that I, that I maybe can see some in some world where they're going to save it. But other than that, I don't think... Uh, I think it's mostly you know the Vetoes because... 
uh, most teams they have like really weak map and they can easily be punished and if you see that you're in a group with a lot of teams that play this map then you can kind of feel forced you know to try and practice this map and learn this map so i think in terms of those things i think we will see some changes for sure okay cool it's a good way to look at it do, do you, do you yeah. think that like overall this this format will give us the best teams that will advance to the major Ooh. Uh, that's a pretty good question. I think I, I'm not sure actually. I think not. Uh, I liked it more when we had like few uh, tournaments where you could like grab points. So it's kind of you know a bit of a broader you know pool of of teams. But I mean, it just feels it basically just feels like a minor, right? Like it just feels like a qualifier for the major, which feels yeah. pretty bad. I think I don't think usually just one Swiss system where you play actually a lot of best of ones. I don't think that is the best format just to know you just to just go through to the major, which is the big, biggest event. But I mean, for a team like us, it's it's amazing, right? Because uh, I mean, we, we are pretty much like the underdogs of the teams in, in, in Europe who would go through, I think, if there was a really like a broad format, a long format with a lot of tournaments where you had to qualify for these tournaments. Uh, it would, of course, be easier if you have invites with some of the best teams have and but I mean, for teams that don't get invites a lot, I think this tournament is just, you know, an amazing opportunity. And that's why I think a lot of teams are just like full solely focused on that tournament, which we are as well. I'm, I'm going to be curious to see how it all shakes out, right? I'm interested to see, like, because we, everybody has the suspected field that they think are going to get through, but there's always going to be a couple <laughs> of upsets. That's just the way these things go. Like just the nature yeah. of the beast. I, there's going to be some real heartbreak, I think. Like, and I think the people at home are going to get a bit of a wake-up call in the sense of teams who are salaried and are considered good teams are going up against teams who don't have the same level of support and are probably going to get upset it's going to yeah. be it's going to uh, this is why the open nature of the valve majors is sick because like, it, it levels it all out it shows you hey like you can get paid this much you can have a fucking facility here there or everywhere but it doesn't matter like we're still playing the same game we can shoot heads i, I think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be awesome i can't wait yeah. um all right boys should we jump into the um skin you and yeah, then, let's, let's do that. All right, cool. Let's do that. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for another edition of Who Wants to Be a Skinner? Now, if you aren't familiar with this, you need to be typing bit skins in chat right now because one lucky winner, well, actually, depending on how well Roy does here on the questions, could be walking away with a $50 skin at the end of this little segment coming in here, right here, right now. Now, Lucas, I require the link because uh, I've done it saved because I'm a pleb idiot. Um, Roy, you're feeling like you're going to smash the answers today? Yeah. Okay. Well, it actually, it actually depends how it's like how if it's gonna be names and stuff like that and skins, maybe it's gonna be a bit hard. No, no, it's not about skins. It's about oh okay. It's about Danish CS, and okay. it's actually very hard. So really, <laughs> I feel like it's very hard. Okay. So Chad, maybe you can help him. Uh, I I'm very so. sorry. I need yes? two minutes because I see something messed up. Okay, so it's on, not right. ready. We'll fill right now. This is this is you know when we're doing the broadcast and we just have to fill. There's a technical issue. The producers in the in the ear. He says this is on fire. And then what you're meant to do is not address that there's an issue. And you're meant to keep yeah. acting like it's okay. But no, sorry, we went to that a little bit early. We'll be coming back to who wants to be a skinnionaire. But while we have Roy here, I want to ask the uh, big question. Then this is where I need to have like a good answer. I'm going to say, Roy, what did you have for breakfast? Uh, oatmeal. Every day. Every, Every day? day? Every day. Yeah. What, do you, what do you do with it? What's the, just, what's the um, recipe? Just milk and sugar. And I've actually, I think I've been eating that for the last uh, three years. And I, somehow I don't get bored of it. So. Just milk and sugar. No honey? Yeah. Okay, no, no fruits, <laughs> frozen berries, <Nope>. bananas. Uh, <laughs> wow. Just oatmeal, milk, and sugar. What time are you waking up every day, mate? What, do you have a, an actual routine? Uh, it depends on the schedule. Right, right okay. now we have some late matches, so we kind of change it up a little bit. Like we want to put our focus so we are, you know, awake and ready when the matches come. So 
sometimes we have some early matches and sometimes some late matches. But right right now we have I think we have matches starting at eight or seven, so mm. we kind of want to peak around there. And then I kind of usually wake up at like the latest I wake up is probably usually eleven or eleven thirty. Okay. Uh, but on the normal days, like when we have practice and stuff, I wake up at around nine thirty, ten. All right. Well, so, tonight you have. Uh, speaking of the matches, I guess we can talk about this now. You're playing in the ESO Challenger League. Is this just? I I've lost the term. Lost me. Is this? <laughs> this is relegation. Yeah. Okay. So this is to stay, stay in. This is to stay in what was Premier before, right? Exactly, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, which is interesting because the pre Premier in Europe this year is actually a GSL group. So you play like three games, won one, and lost two. And that's so you go into relegation essentially. So it's uh, kind of weird. Um, at the same time, I guess it's all of these European teams have so much to play that they don't want to play, you know, a massive round robin group stage. Um, so they're changing stuff up. But it is uh, still, it's starting to be like this qualification for Pro League is starting to look a lot like the qualification for Blast. Uh, I really have that feeling. There are so many qualifiers for qualifiers into a qualifier, into like conference. Yeah. So, but yeah. The conference is part of Pro League, Prof. Oh yeah, that's that's a part of. Pro you better League. keep Pro League out your goddamn mouth, Prof. <laughs> anyway, we're ready for the Bitskins quiz now, everybody. So, say we did ample filling there. Now we can bring it up. Now we can get started. So, Danish Counter Strike—that's the question, or that's the the question, the vein of the questions that Prof has labeled here. So, Lucas, I will allow you to assist Roy if he needs help. How does that sound? Yeah, I answer, think though. I think oh. I'm a bit uh, overpowered. Okay, I will assist where I can. Now, I'm not an expert in Danish Counter-Strike by any means, but let's get this started. Are we ready, Lucas? Are we ready, Roy? Yes. All right, question one. The highest-rated Danish player in 2022 is Blamer, uh, Stown, or Roy? Um, this will tell how much you look at stats. <laughs> I actually think that it's me. Oh, because look, yeah, I got some. Yeah, I, I think I got a little bit of help actually before because there was some guy who wanted to ask me. But there, like, how the, was to be the false there, best? In the there might be a trick there because that that was filtered out by maps played. Just just so you know, ah. there's an activity filter on that, so that okay, is maybe okay, okay. not not fully accurate. Well, we've only got 15 seconds now, Prof. I feel you've thrown in that one a little bit. So too you have to here. go for either you or maybe someone else. That's down, it. I think it would be. I think Stown has been playing if, like insane. Like there's no way he. Okay, go I'm going to lock in Stown. Uh, if Prof's if Prof's talked you off the ledge here, I'm going to give you a correct answer because I feel that type of information should come out before the question. <laughs> I feel that we need to stipulate. So I have locked there in Stown. But I have given it there. There it is. So now we're safe. All right. So now we can say it was good information, Prof. Thank you. Oh, so what's I that? Okay. I didn't know he was baited <laughs> in by like a random comment on the on Twitter, right? <laughs> All right. Well, we're one out of one. We're one out of one. All right. Question two. Here we go. Out of 12 teams in the playoffs of EPO, how many have at least one Danish player? Oh, shit. Oh. So five, um, seven, or nine, right? Five, seven, or nine. I didn't read the multi-choice. Okay. That kind of helps a bit. Well, this should be pretty easy for us to do here. I'll, I, I can help you with this one. Okay. I should know all the teams. Heroic, definitely. Yeah. Faze, definitely. Yep. Ents, definitely. Yeah. Astralis. Four. So, who else we got? Um, oh, NIP, five? Yeah. It has to be five. Who more is 
feel like it has to be five. For, I'm a, I, don't, I would be missing OG and stuff like that, so it must be... No OG. Yeah, yeah I think it's five as well. I don't think there's more than that. We're going to lock in five here. Now, yeah. if this one's wrong, this is on me. The correct answer is five. Let's go. Thank God. I did my prep properly. All right. I didn't, we didn't, I didn't fuck it up. All right. Uh, question number three for Roy. Coming in thick and hot here. Which of these teams isn't in the top 30 of the world rankings currently? Ecstatic, Apex, or Sprout? Oh. That's Sprout. Yeah? All right. Or uh, actually... I don't know. It's definitely not ecstatic, but it's Apex or Sprout, but I feel like Apex, you know, they... I don't they know. just won a LAN. Yeah, but what does that mean? Who was even at the LAN? Yeah, Who but knows? they haven't they, they <laughs> haven't got... I don't think they have got points for that yet, but I mean, I don't think they would get a lot of points from that, but they have been playing, like, decently in, like, the online matches. And I think, like, Sprout have almost lost, like, everything they're playing, so... Sprout? I mean, I have to say... Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going to say Sprout. All right, let's lock in Sprout, Sprout here. And the correct, oh, oh, and the correct answer is Sprout. Let's three go. from three. All right, that was yeah, that was you, you mate, Bird from Sky. He's doing all right. They're they're in boot yeah, camping yes. at, at the moment. Monster, yeah. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Question number four. How many times did Danish players feature on the top twenty list in CS:GO? Five out of nine, seven out of nine, or nine out of nine? Nine out of nine, right? I guess. It feels like it. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna lock it in because it just. It, yeah. It, it, I don't see a world where it's possible. Year year. A single. Yeah, <laughs> but it has to be like one of the first ones. But I still, I still, I still think like there were some really good things players back then. Yeah, well, they still had like the yeah nine out yeah, of nine. Yeah, because sure. even though they weren't making it to the finals, TSM was still a good unit back back yeah. in the day. All right, final question. One lucky well. viewer, remember type the bit type bit skins in the chat, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to enter the draw here. Last question is. Which two Danish teams will face off in the final of the Power... Say that word, Lucas. Power League. Le- Ligan. Power League. Ligan. Season 19. Ligans. <laughs> Masonic versus Los Reyes. Astralis Talent versus Strict. Or Dream versus Scepter. That is going to be Masonic versus Los Reyes because uh, Los Reyes just beat Strict yesterday. And I think Ooh. there was that thing that they were playing. I hope so. Because I of, think you're right, because that's what yeah. Lucas was producing yesterday. So here we go. Yeah. We're about to find out. I'm locking in Masonic yeah. versus Los Reyes. And it is correct. All right. Well, nice. five out of five, Roy. You fucking smashed it. Yeah, that's great. Who, do you know any of the players in Masonic or Los Reyes? I actually know all of them. Really? Yep. Okay, no, I'm going to have to. Actually, look. I like I know who they are, but some of them I haven't like talked to them. At, but that's mostly like the young guys <laughs> at Masonic. But uh, most of the guys in Los Reyes as well that I have talked to. Alex and Fan? Oh, yeah. I know Rick. I don't know how to say his name. R Y X X. Yeah, I know that guy. Patty, Darko, and they don't even have a fifth listed on HLTV. So oh, it could be anybody. They, yeah, they were getting help from Nodius, I think. Oh. He just got out of contract with ATF, and like he was doing really well, I think, in the matches uh, yesterday. So, yeah, they have some talent there. Up against Notan. I remember Notan One D. We all remember Notan One D. <laughs> yeah, Phoenix, Cabby, Kragen, and Genzi. Okay, yeah. well, maybe a couple names Some to keep around. Copenhagen Flames, there. former yeah, players, maybe. if I remember. Queenix, right? Uh, I, yeah. I think there's some of the, those names on Robo's list. Okay. He there always keeps a list, you know, of, uh, of players mm. that if he, would, if, we, if he would make a new team or something like that. Oh. Notan, if he sells the complexity, for example. Notan's in chat, shout out to him, Astralis legend. Yeah, yep. he, remember he stood in. I remember he stood in all those years ago. All right, 
Well, uh, that's it for the hot seat. We need to pick the winner. Yeah, Lucier. Lucia, following since uh, the 5th of the... You're a new viewer, but I expect you to tune in to every show, Lucia. I want to see you in here. I want to see you in every week from now on. You can't be late. I want you here on time every week. My people will reach out to your people and we'll get you a skin. Lucas, roll the bumper. Let's get into the recent news. The extra m 42 RGB, what a fun mouse with five colorways, lightweight frame and just 59 grams with a swappable backplate to suit your grip style, the sensor, the easy cord, the smooth skates and driverless control for RGB and DPI is why you should check out the M42 RGB down below. Buy and sell your skins now. Easy, fast and safe. The best skin site. Credit card deposits and withdrawals. Instant cash out methods. Get the best deals. Quick, simple, reliable. Bitskins.com. All right, back to the RMR talk here as we get into the recent news. Now, the uh, rosters have been unveiled. Prof, what are the cliff notes? Cliff notes, we got the NIP lineup, uh, which of course doesn't have Fuzi included. Uh, wow. Massive shocker. I'm uh, shocked. They said he was going to be a part of the team as everyone, and maybe his role in the team is to watch the team from home on a screen. Uh, maybe not. Who knows? Maybe they, he travels with them. Maybe. Uh, but essentially, yeah, they, they signed up uh, Brolin instead of Fuzi, and then Device is the, is the replacement or the substitute slot, whatever that means. So he could technically swap in, even though... Are we expecting that? Are we not expecting that? I don't know. Okay. And then the the yeah, and also the Astralis one, as we mentioned before, it's lucky being signed up. So then they have the three three man core from the last major. Otherwise, they'd have to requalify. And the plan is, as we expected, to for Farley to just be subbed in before the RMR, and then they play like that. They don't get any special penalties for that for a, like a one time sub. So they're just gonna be yeah. Did Prop just time out? Did I just time out? I think it was you. He's gone. <laughs> okay. Are you still here? Like we can hear you. He's gone. That's yeah, gone, I think. Hello? Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Hello, yeah. yes. Am I here? <laughs> All right. Sorry, guys. I, I don't know what happened. It, it was the funniest, funniest time out ever. Um, but I'm back. And, and and I think the reason the internet disconnected is because I got so mad because Victor CS04 tweeted at me and said, Sponge, the correct answer on the Danish players and EPL was wrong. You forgot Vitality and Sprout. Hey, Victor, the question said the playoffs, bruh. So the answer was more than correct. So now I can simmer back down. I don't know what's going on with the internet here at the moment, guys. Probably it's the a beach, bit... right? Yeah. It's pretty hard to get the internet connection on the beach. That's true. That is true. Now, this behind me, everybody, is Trig Beach. It's in Perth. If you ever go to Perth, I'd recommend going to Trig. It's just up the road from Scarborough. A beautiful beach. Uh, you don't have to worry about great white sharks. Trust me um okay from experience no you do you do have to worry about the great one shark it's bloody scary uh okay so where were we prof where did, where did you leave it so yeah, i just said i just uh, finished off the astralis thing and then there's a bunch of subs uh some of them interesting some more some more or less interesting bobski the sub for vitality that was i thought like, that was curious that was very curious kind of out of left field for our analysts to but be... imagine bobski in place of masuda interesting right you could see that happening could see that happening you could see that happening um then other than that just like a bunch of coaches coach replacements pita not being able to play because of the essex stuff and 
Yeah, FaZe, director of esports operation, Eddie Khan, fills in for Robin. He was, I think he was at Katowice with them as well, if I remember correctly, the gentleman. I think we shared a shuttle back to the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, not using their analyst for some reason. Um, MIBR has bit back in. He was He's coaching confirmed now. Yeah. As the coach, yeah. right? And that that's more or less it. Uh, Froslev coaching. Oh, that's for Copenhagen Flames. Yeah. Uh, tell us about that. I mean, he he used to play right, and he's he's a pretty good player. So I don't think we expect to to sub anyone in, but I mean, we kind of just at least to get one. So just felt like the the right answer there. And he's you don't want to add Kirby. Kirby's back. I don't know if you saw the news. Yeah, but he's already taken, right? Yeah, he's been subbing for her. I mean, been uh, yeah. applied as a sub for heroic uh, for Katowice, and now again here for uh, for the RMR. Oh, okay. He's the consistent sub at the moment, I suppose. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm trying to work out where we go from this this roster news about this. I don't know if there's anywhere to really go with it. Is there just, just a nice little check-in? Yeah, I guess more or less. It's all about like keeping an eye out for NIP. What's going to happen there? Are we going to see device? Is device coming back? Is device? When is that device coming back? Is device coming back? When is device going to play? That's kind That's of like the like the like most like. Uh thing is probably maybe like if the vice comes back who is he gonna like who's gonna go out right because it's yeah. gonna be one from the main team so yeah. i guess that could be a bit you know spicy because i think they have all been doing okay i guess and i think if they take out stack which they just bought then they can talk swedish again i guess so yeah. i mean i think they are probably in a puddle right there because i mean it wouldn't also look good to you know instantly replace the guy you just bought for a big amount so What's the grapevine in Denmark telling you though, Roy? Do you hear anything about device? Because we we don't get any information, right? Definitely not for the NIP camp about it. He hasn't said anything either. Do do you do you hear any murmurs? Like you don't have to say what you've heard, but do you think he'll return or not really? I actually have no idea. I'm, I don't I don't think I'm in the right you know uh, closets and stuff like that with, okay. the, with the right guys. So yeah, <laughs> but I, I I mean I guess like it it looks like he's coming back, right? I mean it would be a good uh, moment to come back. Just in the just in time for the RMR and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I know for a fact that Brolin is here with uh, NIP at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but what, Lucas? Guys, I heard something. Hi, Lucas. Hello. I heard something. What did you hear? I have. You're hanging in the right in the right circles. Yeah. Apparently. No. No. I huh? heard that Device was at Astralis Nexus playing in the what middle of mean? the night. What does that mean? Take it Rally. as you want. Rally. Doesn't have a PC at home. Okay. Really want not that Farley. Take not, it as you want. Not Farley. Device. No, okay. I get what you're saying. Isn't it just a LAN cafe? Well, yeah. what about this? What about this? When JKS was getting ready <laughs> to play for FaZe okay. with Danton, he was also at the Astralis. Device. But he said thank you to Astralis. De- device to FaZe. Obviously, device using to... this logic. JKS played in Astralis true. Nexus. True, actually, you, you played for Phase. Yeah. Device played in Astralis Nexus. Now he's going to Phase because Brokey is going to G two, and Monacy is going to Liquid. Mm. Mm. I think we're onto something here. Oh, what about a new team? I'm gonna coach. I got JKS and Device, and I'm just sandbagging and keeping everybody guessing all the time. I'm sure we okay. could make these ridiculous leaps, right? We could make. <laughs> anyway, you're, um... you're just gonna use this show to like destroy people's reputation so they can go out of teams for a low buy buyout it's like oh this device guy he's he's absolutely trash like how did he he's, he doesn't he's not worth anything yeah. you buy him for five bucks and then tomorrow you have a super team yeah oh you gotta you gotta work these things out slowly um okay uh, look 
I I don't I'm not basing this off anything. Well, actually I am. Brolin is here with the team, right? I assume okay. there's there's normally because six PCs playing. set up. Okay, he's yeah. not playing, he, can't he's play. Not playing. Yeah, yeah, okay. So there's normally six PCs set up here because there's one for the coach as well, right? So I assume if I'm DJL, I probably just go, hey, like let's focus on the RMR. Well, we've got Fozy here. He can kind of just, you know, maybe play a couple of pracs, but we'll mainly focus on for the RMR and we'll use this time to practice for an entire week with Brolin. Because the RMR for them is in like, what, two weeks? A week and a bit? Like Yeah, something like that. So I, I don't know. I, I If Brolin's here now, that tells me that they're obviously starting to focus on that RMR now. Like you wouldn't come with Fozy here for a week and play and then have to then go have one extra week of practice. It, it makes sense what they're doing right now. Do you think, do they get kicked out after they get eliminated or are they gonna just going to stay for the whole thing and boot camp here? I think if they're a Louvre agreement team, so they could probably ask to stay because now there's 12 prac rooms set up and there yeah. are literally 12 table tennis tables. Each prac room has its own NIP actually is directly behind me, not on the beach. Directly, Their room is directly behind me <laughs> the and across yeah. the hall is phases. So um yeah, like the, there's a, this is this floor that I'm on has been the same floor I've stayed on the entire time. It's had everything, but they've moved prac rooms in here. So because they've needed, it, we're out of space. That's why I don't have the normal room I was using. Right, that's why I've I've had to run around this morning. And a big thanks to Eric from ESL for for helping me out. Um, okay, thanks, Let, Eric. let's move forward. Let's jump forward here. We're gonna fly through a lot of this news so we can get into the juicy stuff and start yeah. getting Roy to help us out with the ESL Pro League. Uh, Zen and Emmy have been released from FPX. Now we've known that FPX has been down the gurgler for some time. Um, but then being released, they're both older players. Um, Roy, do you, do you think either of these, we, as an older player, I suppose, do you think yeah, these guys need to go hit the death match? Uh, I mean, actually, Sen was a you know pretty big idol for me back in the day. I think he was you know he he was a guy I looked up to because he was old like me and he was okay. playing like some of the same positions back when he was playing in Havel. Uh So I mean, I think he has, still has a lot of potential. He's a really great player. Um, but I mean, I don't know what his issues are and like what his weaknesses are and stuff like that. I think mostly for a player that is that is old, I don't think that his issues are his aim or his individual skill uh, for sure. So I mean, I think he will find like a decent team if he if he still wants to play, right? I feel like that's what's that's the most important part that kind of makes a player is if he loves the game, if he likes to play the game, and if he wants to work hard, you know. Because mm. if you don't do that, then of course you're not gonna go far. So, and I I don't know. I think usually, unless you're in a partner team, Roy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Then you can you always make a way. Yeah. But I mean, I think it all depends on. Uh, I mean, usually when people you know come out of a contract, they are very motivated. So I could definitely see a world where Sen joins a pretty good team. I'm not sure about Emmy. Um, like he was, I feel like he's is kind of weird with him because he was you know he was a coach for some time and then suddenly yeah. he's playing again and then it kind of felt like to me that he was just kind of a like we just take him in if picks because there's no one else or something like that it wasn't like it didn't feel like that it was there you know we want this guy because we think he's the best for the team you know so hmm. not sure how his future is going to look like maybe he's going to be a coach again who knows do you think there's any natural fits for either of these two players prof i mean we'll see after the armor there's going to be a lot True. of goals Roster in, season, in yeah. so it's, it's going to be i think that and then especially after the major which is like one month after that so maybe Maybe we don't see that many movements right away, but some will certainly happen and some will just wait until after the major to to do stuff. And then uh, again, the player break. I think Emmy, like uh, from what I talked to him, he really wants to play. He wants to IGL and that's his okay. determination, like completely not coaching, he, but he's open to doing whatever region, where, wherever someone wants to play, he's, he's down to do it. So of course, like his stock isn't super high, but I guess if you're an IGL, you can 
you can find a place for yourself and uh, a bit a yeah. bit easier than just being you know a player that's kind of you know in the in the middle of nowhere so uh, even though it's weird because like it, azar is in a similar spot right he's also mm. someone that's been out there completely forgotten almost yeah um I'd say that they're kind of a sim similar players in that, like you need to give them give them a project that have a project that needs an IGL or just like build a project together with them. That would that would make sense. And I think there's going to be some chances after the major, but who knows? I guess it also comes down to like the expectations of what team that they want to join, because usually you start with you know a certain expectation of a team you want to join, and if no one like that comes and talks to you or shows interest in you, then they like slowly. Lower your expectations, your you like for your for a team, and then maybe sometime you will just say like fuck it, I'm just gonna go do something else, or you're gonna you know take a really big step down, like maybe KJV did, for example, where he took a huge step down and kind of wanted to build back up again, uh, mm. which is also a possibility, you know. And I guess that this is a good example of what we're probably gonna see with Emi and Sen, maybe, because it's, it's I think it's kind of hard when I don't I'm not sure if there's a spot for a Sen in the Finnish scene. I don't think maybe he could join. Havu and stuff like that. I'm not sure like how his reputation is and stuff like that. But I mean, if you if your only possibility is to join an international team, then I mean, there's not really a lot of good international teams, so it kind of makes it really hard to to find a good home. I think. Be interesting, right? Because like Otton's over there as well. That they've got X7 and Ariel. I I don't know much about Slowy and and uh, Smile. I'd have to to watch a little bit more. But those are some old names that we've seen do well. So maybe it's just reuniting some of the Finns. All right, uh, let's jump into talking about the ESL uh, Pro League conference teams for season sixteen. Now I believe this is like going to go down a week after Dallas. Um, yeah, summer June link. or something like that. Yeah. In Yon Shopping. It's like Dreamhack Summer, essentially. That's when it's going to be happening. It's the, the same location. Um, Let me send Lucas the link. Here you go, Lucas. Here's the link for the conference. Now, I believe the plan in the future with the conference is for it to be at the start of Pro League, right? So like Pro League this season right now, it's already been going for four weeks. This is the fifth week of the playoffs. I don't know if this is how it's going to work in the future, but I would assume that it's going to be like Pro League conference. Like a play-in. Yeah. yeah. So then that would go for like the first week because it's still or the first couple of days and then the group stage will kick off with everybody across the board right now there's the link to lucas i'll just read through the teams who have qualified uh, so far for this conference for season 16 uh vp heat mibr sprout pain rare atom which is uh, vici gaming if you haven't been keeping up with the chinese counter-strike lfo which is the team that you guys all just saw here for pro league uh, a couple of weeks ago and then there's still three more spots available uh, one for esl meisterschaft which is interesting because well, Sprout are no longer really a German team, right? So I'm going to be curious to see who who takes that slot. I don't know who the best German team is these days. Is it Attacks? Is it Kawana okay. now? Looks like Sprout is there listed as they're going to play. I don't know if they're going to play with a stand-in or something for the German thing. But they don't Maybe. need to. Oh, they don't. But they don't need to play. They've already qualified. So even if they win Meisterschaft, are they qualified for next season? For oh the no, they're already. Oh yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. yeah, they're already there. Yeah. So maybe they do play the Meisterschaft, but it doesn't really matter where they place. And then ESL Premiership uh, in spring, which is like Ireland and the UK and all that yeah. kind of jazz. And then one more slot from uh, Australia. So that could either be Renegade. I mean, there's going to be more more slots as well from like some play-in tournaments and stuff like that because there are 16 teams going to be here. Uh, okay. So there's going to a couple more slots that aren't really decided yet or at least aren't really clear how it's going to function, essentially. Yeah, this is the thing, right? And and one of the things with this is I I really wish that we had the conference before the the events. And I also really wish for these pro league seasons that we didn't just have teams like 
LFO and party astronauts and stuff going straight into pro league because it, it, it waters it down. I think the conference, once it eventually gets going, will be great because then you get to see the best from the bunch and you can build a narrative and you go, oh, they beat party astronauts from this region and they beat this team from this region. And oh yeah, they did have to beat this European team. Like eventually we'll be able to build that story. But one of the things is because everybody got so upset when the pro league changed last time around and they made it so that it was just a international pro league um, and there was a North American spots which got lost. Um, that they, they didn't want to just take those ESCA spots from the different regions and just put them in the bin immediately. So they're kind of like phasing it out, right? Which makes sense, but it just means that the tournaments in the interim suffer a little bit. Um, so I, I guess this is something that you boys need to get involved in, right, uh, Roy? How do you guys get involved in the conference? Would you be one of those invited teams or on world ranking or something along those lines? Actually, I have no idea. Like this this ESL, EPL, like pro league thing, like the way you qualify, it just seems like a really big maze. And mm. uh, we kind of just, uh, right now, we're playing the relegation for something of a qualifier to a qualifier or something like that. So, I mean, it, it is pretty weird. And I think, like, we just kind of just play. And then, you know, if we somehow someday make it to pro league, then great. If not, then at least, you know, we got some matches and some experience. So, okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't, we really don't really talk that much about, like, you know, uh, like we have to do this and this and this. We just know that that the road is really long and uh, maybe some someday we'll make it and <laughs> someday maybe not, you know, and uh, that's just how it is. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Just see what comes. Because I yeah. think the, the idea with it all, right, like we were talking about it earlier, the idea of no longer having ESCA Premier being the round robin, that's what you were saying, right? Profits no longer. Yeah. That's, it's more that's like kind a of nice because it's not sustainable in this world like for everybody to be at home to play those matches every single week, like week in, week out. But I think this is the thing. It's just like ironing out all these kinks. So it's like one story that gets told and obviously there's going to be different steps and those steps are going to be further back for some more high-profile teams than there has to be and that's probably the nature of some of these partner teams and there's a lot of other things that go into it. But eventually if we can get to a consistent story that makes sense, like, I think it was already better having all the events like known as like the ESL events as opposed to like the DreamHack, this and everything else feeding in. It should eventually, hopefully, become a clearer narrative. But anyway, fuck all that jazz. Let's get into the N1, which stands for number one or nice one moment. Now, this is a uh, segment that Prof has uh, become the brainchild of, or it's his, it's his baby, Prof. Uh, poor baby. Well, and, it is now. Uh, okay, well, very bad, bad care of it. So hopefully, we have some some like social security that's gonna come on, come in and take it away from me okay. at some point. All right. Well, talk us through it. Child services. Essentially, uh, and one moment is our a new segment where we highlight one one cool or maybe multiple things that, that happened in the last week or so since the last uh, last show and uh, for this week we have a very nice interaction which wasn't really nice but it was very enjoyable and it's very it was enjoyable very, it was very something that we missed a bit so maybe lucas can bring it up because i sent it to him uh, there we go uh it's just a bunch there's a bunch of it so it was very hard to highlight everything but it essentially started with a Heroic Astralis game, uh, amazing comeback from Heroic. And then some tweets uh, kicked off from Cadian's side. Uh, Let me read through these for our audio analysts okay, here. All right? you Let's do that. Start, start at the beginning here, Lucas, and I'll, I'll read up. Okay. So the game, was it was it was a best of three. It was in Pro League. It was the, the round robin. Astralis and Heroic were in the same group. Cadian tweets, what a fucking game. Are you not entertained? 2-1 at Astralis, GG, hashtag ESL Pro League. Then his follow-up tweet is, can't wait to see how the director of comms from Astralis is going to spin this. He usually finds some pretty good excuses. Then uh, Glaive tweets, lost a close game against Heroic, which we could have won. Shit happens. Just glad it wasn't an important match like a quarterfinal in Denmark in front of 10,000 Astralis fans. GG, well played. 
So this is, as you guys can see, a little bit of banter back and forth. Kadian with the quote retweet. Now, I like the quote retweet. It shows, yeah. he, he's, shows he's not subtweeting. It shows he's getting right in the fucking thick of it. But he also doesn't want to reply. He wants to go in front of his audience, yes. not Glaive's audience. It's he, important. Wants to, he wants his audience to see this. This is an important distinction. Missing that crowd and the opponent has to play two best of threes a day while you rest winky face with a question mark. Now, uh, obviously, a little bit of implication there and the, the, the follow-up. Now, Glaive, he's getting involved in all the juicy nonsense and he's now done the quote tweet of his own and said, bragging rights for years, come back when you win a real tournament. Now, that one there, you can read that lots of ways, but it's got some sting to it. Yeah, it stings. It stings, definitely. And uh, is there one more? we got one more There's tweet one here. There's one more. And the, the, you, now, this is the thing. You have to really wonder, have you got the zinger out there or do you want the final say? Kadian's gone for the final <laughs> say. Glaive's gone for the zinger. Kadian's now followed up with that also, uh, sorry, that's also surprising. That's also the surprising part for me. A four-time major winning in-game leader throwing a 15-7 lead as T on overpass. GG. So lots of soul flying around here, Roy. Did you enjoy reading this? I mean, uh, I think that's missing some smileys, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think like if, if I think if Cleve just replied back with a smiley at some point, I think he would have won this argument. But yeah. uh, I uh, mean as it is right now, you think uh Kadian got the W? <laughs> yeah, I think I think he did with the last one there. That was a pretty <laughs> But I mean, it is. I mean, if it was a different map, I think it would have been better. But I mean, T-side overpass is probably the most hard one. But I mean, it still doesn't really help. But uh, I think it was a pretty hard uh, <laughs> way to come back. And I think that's why Glaive just decided to stay quiet. Well, yeah. To be honest, that uh, that one v three that they lost, that they lost to Sush, he played it really well. But at the same time, Astralis played it fairly poorly. It was like the first everyone... guy couldn't do anything. The first guy, yeah, but then the whole like after plant situation, it was just like one guy's here, one guy's sitting on the bomb. He's not even on the bomb. Glaive was just like semi, he planted on truck, then went to the dice box and just stood there. And Blame F was like in some bait position, just like lo looking at nothing. So it was, it was kind of bad, I have to say. Uh, it was pretty easy, obviously. For it was entertaining for sure. though, right? Yeah, and was, this is the reason we like this. The reason we like this is because unfortunately guys we can't hear the players yelling in at lan and and that's due to some 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 technical uh, issues which are uh, on our doorstep at the moment which hopefully guys should be sorted by the time we get around to dallas um but uh we couldn't hear the yelling but you could definitely see that they were being very vocal and then the fact that they go to twitter after this now there's a lot of soft cocks out there on on the on on the internet who are upset about this and like, soft oh, chickens why, yes why soft are you why why are they riding? Guys, it's a fucking competition. It's banter on the internet. Like, when did we become so fucking soft? Like, I'm glad that there was like a kickback. There was definitely in the replies of people being like, yeah, this is all good and fun. This is, this is first of all, a competition. And second of all, entertainment, right? And, and the, the two of them, I'm sure they both know this. I'm sure they're both very well aware of this. And if there's more vested interest in what with Astralis's recent form could be considered a nothing match because these two teams are rivals from the same country and they're going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. This is fucking sick. This is like, as long as they're not getting up and giving each other a fucking Will Smith slap to the face, we don't want any actual violence, right? We, but in terms of a bit of banter and a bit of light-hearted fun and trying to get the better of one another on the internet and playing each other in a competition, it's great. Right? I know in the past you guys have neutered people because they have a personality because you don't like them showing it, but let's let's just, let's stay... Let's stay calm. Let's no, stay I think calm also, like, this also gives you know uh, a way better match next time they face. I think yeah, it's gonna be, you know, it, it makes it so much greater. And 
and I think a lot of like more guys will be more you know feel the heat a little bit and they will they will feel the tension with the team. So I think it, I think it's also you know it it makes a really good entertainment for the game. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, can't wait. A, I want them to play the major. That's a yeah. thing that I, I also got annoyed by <laughs> Astralis's director of comms and the way he communicates like, ah, it's okay. We play the great game. There, No one's upset about this. That, that's kind of the vibe that was given out. It's like, of course you're fucking upset. You lost a heroic. This is already like a derby for the last, ever since like the Kundan incident and yeah. all of the cheating accusations for, for like a year and a half have been a back and forth between these two orgs and the teams essentially. Yeah, it's not just another game, and you can't be happy, be like okay with losing after being fifteen seven up, and having like a one v three situations to close to close out the game. It can't be like, yeah, uh, we did well. It's a new lineup, uh, no expectations here. It's like, no, that's not the case. Like this is a very important game. Still, of course, it's not a quarterfinal in front of the crowd, but it still can't decide if you're going to playoffs or not. And it is your rival, and you did lose in a very close fashion. It's it's a big game. Don't undersell this. It's kind of a disservice to you, to the to the sport, to the viewers, to everyone. Like it's a good game. Let's enjoy it. You you took the L this time. Do some banter. It's fine, but just like don't don't act as if it doesn't matter because it, it does matter. It's people in chat saying so it was a one v four, but regardless, it was it was a one v four. But like the one kill happened so much before, it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, for me, I was just when I watched back the one v three. But there's also like some people in the chat, right? Like, so I'm not calling you you guys out because I want you to get targeted or anything. I want to I want to use this as an example because this is what people were saying. Like, I don't I have no issues with like um, this type of stuff. So, for example, Crumpets says, Kadian has accomplished nothing compared to Glaive. Check HLTV trophies, laughy face. That's exactly the whole point of this is so you guys can get out there and you can have a bit of fun with it, right? Because I know that you probably, that person might be taking that from a serious standpoint, like genuinely, oh, well, Kadian's accomplished nothing. But this is what becomes of it, right? It becomes that dialogue. And then you as fans are more invested in it in the future because of those little nuggets of storylines. Like that's that's the whole thing. We don't want the whole they shouldn't be fighting and this that and the other bullshit. But the like, if you want to do like a dick measuring competition, it's like the com conversation we have with Simple and Zywe, who's the best, right? It's the same thing. It's better if we have things to talk about than we have nothing to talk about. Like that, that this is like I said, entertainment again. So, um, all right, are we happy with this, boys? Yeah. Oh wait, we got a prof. Prof. Prof got involved in the in the action here. Uh. Prof, do you do you have anything to say for yourself? I don't. I don't. I can't read what I. I can't see it. It's very low it. quality for me. So I can read know. it. Prof says thirty-seven days since they swapped an orpa for a better orpa counts as new lineup? Question mark. Of course, heroic were favorites, but there's no room for excuses in a matchup like this. Retweeting Steen saying you just won by an inch against our new lineup, and this uh, and this is what's on your mind. Congrats, man. Enjoy your win. Then he followed up with excuses, question mark, our second official with a new orb and coach, and we took it all the way. Sorry if I'm not destroyed, as someone put it before the final map, but I'm not really. And then Prof replies with, you Here literally go. just wrote an excuse <laughs> after excuses, question mark. Anyway, it isn't heroic's problem that your roster uh, management has been horrible. It's really hard to play against a full force Astralis when you change your roster every two events. That one there, prop. That was that like turning the bit of a knife. That one there. That was, that you, was a slow blow. That was a bit uh, edgy <laughs> for me, I have to say. But it is what it is. It really is. It is just facts. Like they changed their lineup so many times in the last year. So it's it's, it's no one else's problem. It definitely got a Stratus problem going on there. I feel this segment is great. It's like our TMZ segment. Like we can just do like either like really fun stuff or silly drama in the future. This was good. All right. Well, that was the. Uh, N1 betting segment, nice one or number one, however you like it. Now, 
let's keep on trucking. Let's keep on going because, Roy, this is where I want I want to get really into the head of uh, an active player right now. Now, we're going to quickly go over uh, Group D, and then we're going to start talking about the playoff preview. I, know, I, I assume that you've been practicing quite a few of these names here, so I'd love to hear how you feel that they are looking. Now, um, Na'Vi are the only team out of all of the groups who were the favorite who topped their group. And when the group started, Na'Vi were not actually the favorite because they had head tricks standing in. So first of all, I think that's great. I think that obviously considering the invasion of Ukraine that's going on right now, there's a lot of question marks about how this team's going to perform, um, this, that, and the other. But it looked like they were having fun. Like electronic, Electronic's been loud. Um, the, the Simple's been playing some fucking phenomenal Counter-Strike. Um, the team had to do it a bit more, more by committee without Boomich there. Have you been able to catch many of these games, uh, Roy? Or are you, are the yeah, practice schedule bit? yeah, you have? Yeah. What are you making of Na'Vi right now? You think that they're warming up into that major form? I mean, I didn't really expect Simple to be that that insane. Uh, I mean, after you know all the things that happened, and it's been kind of a, a weird period of time, especially for for him, I think. Um, so I mean, him coming in like that, so hot, and just playing like the best of his game, I think when he's doing like that, it's kind of you know, it's kind of expected to Navi to just top the group when he's playing so good. Uh, and I don't think really it doesn't really matter. Of course, it matters a little bit, but I think like that level is just so high that even if they have to get a stand in from the academy team i just feel like like the players in that team is just so insane that they will just easily make up for it you know so mm. i mean when he comes in hot like that symbol it's kind of hard to to argue about them being you know not being the favorites or anything like that so yeah it, it was it was curious to see when because the, there's a couple of games where comeback comebacks started happening against them or they found themselves in these positions where it was pretty level like 9 9 10 10 score lines and the other team won like a break round and then it was like 13 to 10 or whatever maybe sometimes even 14 to 10 and then it would like navi would just like take a pause blades like just chilling your face doesn't change every it's just that yep they take a pause and then they come out and then they just like get their act together for the end of the game and then they just close it besides that fucking game against ego with the seven overtimes but we eventually <laughs> got across the line on that one on mirage but then once boomage got here and then they played heroic in that final matchup on on uh, sunday night and i know that there was less on the line when you say less on the line i guess it was going to propel you further in the bracket but when we look at the bracket further ahead i guess we're all going to say that it worked out better for heroic than it did for navi right in, in terms of all the teams on that side of the bracket but it was great to see them in that form against a team like heroic i thought because um heroic have been playing some pretty like good counter-strike right and they're, they're in your face a lot they're making all these quick maneuvers they're taking a lot of fights and Navi were able to handle that on, on like pretty easily, so um, yeah. I, I'm happy I to see Navi. That was surprised as well. I mean, I think Eroga has been looking really good as well, and I, I definitely thought that they were actually going to be able to take this one, uh, especially with like Boomich coming in, and then you know, uh, it can be kind of you know hard to just come in uh, in the mid middle of a tournament and you mm -hmm. haven't really played and all like all these things, and you have been playing with other, uh, with the other with another guy and so yeah. So I definitely think that you know just beating Heroic in that style was just you know okay. No, just bow down and and just uh, praise the the guy the guy who is simple. So, yeah. Well, when you look at it, like so, simple's had great stats for the group, but Bit is also the third highest rated player over all the groups. Simple's number one, and then Bit's number three. So, like that says a lot, right? When if within the group, they're the two highest rated players of the entire group, just those those two. So that's that's pretty crazy stuff. Prof, were you expecting them to be able to perform to to this type of a level, or do you think there'd be some issues? No, I mean, I was I was a bit skeptical, as as Roy said as well. You know, everything that's going on, uh, Ukraine, not a great situation. Simple hasn't been home since Katowice, and the whole team as well. Uh, so all of that is is on your kind of uh, on your back. Um, and then Simple comes and just plays is like insane. In even for simple standards, this is a, like oh, what the fuck is going on level, right? 
so I was I was kind of skeptical about him individually and the team, especially with the stand and without Boomich. Uh, I think we did really see the team play really well overall. Uh, I think we were talking about it last show, like Blade versus Boomich and how much each of them has has impact. And you could see that it wasn't the same Navi without Boomich, yeah. but they were still really good. So that's some some props there to the to the coaching side. I don't know. It was it was just I think really... they would have been lacking if it was all big matches. I know that Yeah, of course. Like I think if they were playing the bigger matches early, you, you they would have gotten found out a little bit more because it was like, hey, let's just do some map control, right? And like if somebody makes a play, then we'll regroup or some shit. But I think that that was the thing that you were saying, Roy, is that there's enough individual ability on this team or enough ability as those four that they, they should have got across the line. So yeah. there's that. That's that going for Navi. So excited to see how they go within the playoffs. Uh, what else we got here within the group to talk about? Astralis and Heroic, right? So two Danish representatives here. Uh, Prof, were you surprised with Astralis' performance with Farley? Uh, I mean, was Farley a big difference in this whole thing? I would say... A little I bit more assertive so. as an Orpa, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I but... think you can, you can watch the games and you can see at least some glimpses or some moments, some rounds where you can see him, oh, he's doing something. <laughs> he's doing something. Hmm. And I don't mean like Lucky was, was a player that couldn't do anything, but he just didn't seem to have any initiative at all. To some degree, it's not a big difference, but you can... There's certain moments where you can see a bit more from from farley but it seems like also just like a team thing because i don't think it's too similar between the two for me to to for it to be just a lucky thing right or just uh you know whoever if you if you bring in whatever opera you probably play fairly similar um in this astrology system that they have but but it is all about it's all about config right it is all about config almost yeah. uh i'm not saying the rest of the team the rest of the team is pretty good. And I think in some of the matches you could even see, like I think the complexity game, you could look at and you almost think like Astralis is a better team individually and complexity is a better team team-wise. Hmm. Maybe not 100%, but you can see some moments where Astralis is getting by just based on the individuals that are pretty good and config especially. Like they just put him in, in positions, he finds openings and then you, you win the 5v4. So it's not... It's not like super rocket science going in for Astralis right now. I, I think that is great, and that is great for Config. But at the same time, he's been super inconsistent. If you look at the last six months, so is this Config going to be here for the next two or three events, and is it going to be reliable? I don't think. I don't think you can rely on your best player being the player that takes like thirty percent of the opening duels and wins like sixty percent of them. I don't think that's a reliable way of playing CS. I get what you're saying, and I guess we've seen the the up and the downsides of it, right? We've seen when config's on, and we've seen with when config is off. Do you think that you saw something from Astralis this time around that is is giving you hope that they're in in the upward trajectory, or do you think more like Prof saying where it might be more like a light switch on and off depending on somebody like config? Um, I think like the team right now it looks better than with with Lucky. I think Farley is a great addition. I'm not sure like it kind of like it was Prof said as well. I think it kind of looks like it's a really hard system to like to have a lot of impact as an offer, and I think that maybe makes it hard for the team because I feel like usually uh, like what I what I see with the, with the good teams like if you don't have a good offer or like an offer that has a lot of impact, usually you're not as consistent as other teams like doing as well. Because it is just way easier and more reliable and more consistent to have your offer get these get these kills because it's just you know like holding an angle or doing some like it's just way easier to be consistent like compared to a rifle in in this uh, type of type of environment. So I kind of miss like seeing Astralis with that you know really impactful star offer, and I'm not sure if it's gonna be able to to get that with the system they have right now. And mm. 
as Prof said as well, like it is when you're relying on Convict so much and like if he's having a bad game, I really, really find it difficult for for me to see them win against like good teams as Navi and all these all these teams. So I think since like they kind of have to I think like like as as all other teams as well, I think they have to make a way to find you know their Orpa have a lot of impact and, and be uh, you know really having a lot of impact in the game. So I think that, that that's what they should be looking at right now and I think like Fali is a really good opera, so I mean, if they just kind of work around, work their way around it, I think they could figure out a way. Um, maybe Comfort has to take a take a step back in some situations, so he's not always, you know, the, the first contact and just always taking the fights. And either it's five v four or it's four v five, you know, and and stuff like that. But I mean, I think it's they, they, I think they have some potential, and I'm actually excited to see what uh, what what they're gonna do. Also, I think you know, Glaive has a lot of you know. Um, impact on this team and it feels like i don't know it just feels like the roles are kind of mismatched in some way because i think glaive he was you know he got a lot he had a lot of good positions back when he didn't play with blame and and config and i think like i think glaive has had to take a step back and when your caller does that and maybe he's not feeling as confident and stuff like that then it's i don't know it, it just kind of feels like that flow is not that good you know and in some sense so i think they definitely have some stuff to work on yeah, I, I think if noticing from Katowice, and I know Lucky was in the team back then, but but looking at the team from Katowice to now at Pro League, it feels like they've moved some of those positions around again. I, I think that, that Glaive has like wrangled back some of the positions he would have been doing that they had Blame doing, for example. Like when they would have, do their smoke walls on Yard and they would have Blame go for the T-side lurks. I remember a lot in Complexity that they would use the utility to get Blame in a position, but he wouldn't do anything with the position he would hope that the rest of the team would be able to make an entry kill and then he could activate in some of the games um they put glaive in those type of positions again so he was a lot more active around the smoke walls on yard or nuke for example looking for space and then you always had config uh going for something crazy right i think that they put like blame in zipex's roles in lobby a little bit more i think that's what they kind of changed up on the t side and then on the ct side all their CT side setups are starting to look like extremely dynamic. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but for example, like Ancient, you go back and you look. So they had two pillars, right? So Zipex would worry about B long or B ramp, whatever you want to call it. And then Blame would be in cave. And then the other three would always be doing something different. Maybe Farley was orping A. Maybe it was Glaive and Config mid while that happened. Or maybe Farley comes mid with the AWP and then they play like aggressive A main or something. And then the same thing happened on maps like Mirage. Like one round, Blame's playing connector and then the, and Glaive's up close palace. And then the next round, like blames under the balcony and glaze playing connector now i don't know if that's like intentional for them to be doing that i know that they have the flexibility of the players to do that but it just is difficult it's difficult to consistently keep coming up with new stuff like that that's that's the thing that i might you know that, that might become a problem i like when i watch it because it makes them seem difficult to read and they're always doing something new which means there's a lot of ct side calling as opposed to like gambit where it's like more sit back wait respond they're the ones setting the tone a bit more so i thought that was cool but then it's just going to come down to how much creativity they can have and i agree with you in the sense that you know it would be nice to see them well i think the last piece i think zip's always just going to have to take the bitch rolls from now on it doesn't really have a choice he's going to do the utility he's going to he's not even the main clutch anymore right that's going to be over towards blame uh, yeah. he's going to just have to do the supportive work through all of that i think that glaive needs to know when he has to go aggressive and when he has to drop back because he's going to have to give room to other players like Config. And then it's just about activating Farley. And if they can activate Farley, then I think, yeah, like it, you saw a lot of skill within the team. It was fun to watch. Like there was there was a lot of skill within the, within the team. And I think that, that that's what's exciting for me uh, about this Astralis roster. Yeah. And I think I like, what you, like what you explained with like the CG side and Ancient, I definitely think it sounds a lot like uh, Heroic. I mean, when you play Heroic, you... You can't really figure out what the hell they're doing because mm. suddenly they they just they are so dynamic and they can all play all spots and they like have so much experience playing all these kind of like different positions. So 
I think maybe I don't know. Maybe he took some notes after they beat them or <laughs> or whatever it was. But I mean, I definitely think that that is a way of playing, and it's really really hard for a T side or or stuff like that to work around this because uh, right now, uh, especially, we also have a lot of focus on it. Like when you kill a guy, you realize instantly like wh like where is this guy's position and like uh, do you have some sort of like room open now when this guy is dead and what does it like you you just you just use all this information for the guys you see like to kind of make calls and around the. So when you face a team like like this, when Astralis is playing like this, you suddenly see you know blame if you know he's the cave player and you see him connected, and suddenly you're like, uh, what the, uh, like where where is the space now? Like is there someone in cave now instead of him and stuff? Like that. So it's, it's it's definitely very very hard, but it's also you know hard to to have this kind of approach because then you, it means that you are you as a player need to be able to play a lot of different positions well, mm. you know. So it has kind of happens you know it's, it's ups and downs in terms of that. So. But I definitely, I, I like, you know, like seeing that they're kind of giving some space back to Glaive, especially on Nuke. And I think he really needs that on the T side uh, to kind of feel himself. And I think that's what he's really good at as well. And I think when Glaive took a step back on these kind of roles on Nuke and stuff like that, I think it really hurt him a lot because he couldn't really... I think it's like when you have a caller and you put him in some positions that he's not used to, it's just very hard to know, to like have the same reads and do the same calls because we just put him in situations where you're not usually are and you can't really like help the team in the same way. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely glad that they're, you know, trying to work around it because I definitely think it's their sole problem is just their roles and, and how they, like, approach the, the way of playing the map. Uh, so I definitely think that's, like, the, you know, the main focus for them and it should be. Um, I think then other than that, then it should be, you know, to get the AWP to be impactful because that's very, very important too. But if they can figure those two things out, I definitely see a world where they can be really good. Yeah, nice. All right. Um, well, we're going to talk a bit more about Heroic when we go to the playoff bracket, I think, uh, Prof. So should we just jump forward to talk about North America and you can yeah. tell everybody why that you're an EG supporter? Yeah, I mean, I put it there uh, essentially as a joke. Um, oh, okay. Well, after, uh... <laughs> that's it. After uh, last episode, there was that talk about uh, complexity versus EG, who's going to do better. And I had this inkling like, ah, this is the moment. I think you you're on the kind of the same train, at least from what I gathered on the on the broadcast. Like there is some hope that at this EPL group, EG are going to do something. They're going to show show us, you know, all of these players. They've been good at some some points, right? Yeah. One majors, MVPs, whatever. Um, and then we saw them play here, of course, yeah, without Malik, which is unfortunate. But I don't think this was, I don't think this was, you know, a coach being their difference of them being absolutely underwhelming, just even boring to watch. No one showing up individually. Like literally every series, there was like one player that was okay, and everyone else was in the red essentially, and their game plans were just defaulting all the time. And the one good series that they had, that was against Complexity, actually, where Stewie was just carrying two maps. And that's and he was the worst by far until that point, until the that worst point. player of the tournament, like 0.6 rating. And then he has two good maps, and it looks like kind of competitive. So what is this? This is like, <laughs> this doesn't look like a team. This doesn't, I don't see any win conditions possible at, at all. Yeah, EG is an interesting one here. Now, uh, I think a lot of people are probably expecting like some big rant about like how can they how can they do this? Like how are they so bad? This, that, and the other. Here's the thing: if the org is happy to pay them, that's their money, that's their position, that's their brand, that's their choice. So I was thinking about it and thinking, do I re Does it really bother me? Does it really bother me? No, it doesn't. But if I'm a North American Counter Strike player, and I want, and, and I'm an up and coming North American Counter Strike player, it bothers me. 
That's if I was one of them, it would bother me. Or if I'm a, if I'm a Copenhagen Flames gentleman like Roy right here, it probably it probably bothers him because this is a team that is obviously not competitive. Here is season 13, 14, and 15 of uh, of EG and uh, how they've gone, and and they're not competitive. Now that's fine. If the organization wants to spend their money on this, these are five established players. These players are worth you know a good chunk of change. I'm sure they're getting paid very well. Um, so if they want to, if this is the team that they want, if this is the team that Malik had decided on that he wants, well, this is their choice, and th- they made their bed, and and, th- and they got to sleep in it. That's that's how the old adage goes. I'm not going to sit here and get mad about it. I've already gone off on my whole situation to do with partner teams. I don't think you need to argue anymore with the partner teams when you can see this type of result. So people thinking that this squad is going to get removed, why would they get removed? Can anybody give me? Prof, could could you give me a reason of why, as another Louver Agreement partner team or a Blast partner team, why you would remove a team that you are guaranteed to beat every time you play? Money. What's who cares? EG are burning money. They don't care. No, but the thing is, like, if you kick out EG, let's hypothetically, I don't think this is going to happen because that would, as you said, this needs the other 12, 13, 14 teams to vote out EG. Essentially, that's the only way. And I don't need, I don't know if it's 50%, 70% of them need to agree, whatever. But if they kick out EG, then they can get a new team in, which goes through like a bidding process that we had with Heroic and oh, Fury true. and all of these. So you get a couple million dollars to, to buy in a new team, which is nice. It's nice. Money is nice. What do you think about, what do you think about money, Roy? <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's pretty sad to see a team like this, uh, you know, because you know for sure. I think everyone knows what like what kind of money they make. They they make a, like a sick, insane amount compared to like other teams that I feel like it's just way better. And I I don't know what it is exactly. I think Chaji put it pretty well. Like they it just feels like they're not a you know it doesn't feel like they're a team or like they're playing and I don't know. Like it's just it's just very difficult to watch because I mean you know what they earn, you know how much they like potentially have. I feel like you know especially like a guy like Breezy, it just feels so weird see, seeing him you know and like losing every single match and not even being competitive and and not really putting up any numbers. And but I feel like the environment just seems so hard and it's I, I don't know. It's just it just feels so weird you know because you look at these names and you feel like okay this could be a pretty good team you know and mm. they have some potential here and there and then they you see them play and you're like what what is happening so. I don't know. It just it just feels so so weird to, to watch them play, and especially like also Cirque as well. Like I, I I felt like he was a great over back in the day, and I don't know Stewie as well. I, I don't, it's just so weird. I mean, I feel like taking back maybe the only name I feel like is pretty questionable to take back is probably you know like uh, automatic because he was I don't know like how Valorant, good he was yeah. before. Yeah, like he, was, he changed the game, and I don't know like and then they have like Russian. It, it, like the, the team just seems very weird in general, and. I'm just really, you know, sad to see, you know, it's just, a, I feel like it's just a wasted opportunity for some other guys who could really, you know, use this chance. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. Like they have a lot of value in the names. They have great names and probably have like a good brand and stuff like that. So maybe EG, they don't really care. I don't know. But um, I yeah. mean, it That's feels pretty feels bad, like, you know? right? Yeah. That's what, if, if, if you're like, you've either been hoodwinked if you're the owner of the team, right? You've been sold that this is going to be good, right? And you've you've signed up again after what was the last two years of the roster. The only thing that they really accomplished, right, was uh, IEM New York. Oh, no. For, from the, from that point, okay. I thought yeah. through about the new, the new roster qualified for the RMR, and that's, yeah, that's going to be... I mean, we are, like, almost writing this team off because from what we saw, like, the eyes that we have, and maybe some people don't have eyes, I have them. I looked at the game. It looks very bad. Like, but I think even just like reading the st- some of the stats, you can see that if someone reads out the stats, you could say like, 
this probably isn't going to be a team that works that you don't even need to see anything from the from the game hmm. uh it's just even even like one of the things that even tilted me a bit is like literally after the first two games they lost which was a complete disaster it looks like they're like super fine with it, it seems like oh you know whatever fist bumps let's back up our stuff it's not like oh we're tilted because we're trash it's just like ah oh, it's this exactly yeah. what we expected that's how i read it i'm not saying that is what the players are feeling but that's how it feels to me it feels like they don't they know that they're bad and they, they don't care like <laughs> i said the same feeling back when i we, we, we played them in in the like at the major i'm not sure what when it was but we faced we, we beat them in the just one and it was just so weird seeing them afterwards. Like they walked out and they just seemed like, okay, now we are off. So great. <laughs> now we have the whole day off and uh, we're out of the tournament. I'm not sure if we actually beat them and like they took them out, but it was, I think they maybe went 02 or something or 03, but it was just, you know, it just feels so weird, you know, because you're like, you are so passionate about the game and then you just beat someone. Like we just stomped them so hard and then they just walk out like nothing happened it was just so weird to see so i mean i kind of like that that for me that that's just the worst part you know like seeing people doesn't really feel like it's not it's not the exact same team as they are now of course they could be different but you know i just i just really hate you know not feeling that passion about the game or like the love for the game and they're just doing it for the money or whatever like it's just you know it just feels really bad it's it's one of these things where like an extended period of time off so that like you can actually see what the Counter-Strike world is like or what the world is like when you're not a salaried member of a big organization, right? Like I think a, a lot of a lot can be said for perspective. I think when you're it's like the saying of, you know, can't see the forest for the trees, right? Once you're once you're in the team and everything's going and the money's coming in the bank account every couple of months and yeah, sure, you know, you have a meeting and they say, Look, guys, we want these results or this is the goal for the year. Nothing really seems like real until it it's it's all fallen apart or taken away from you, right? And and I'm not like that's what I'm saying. If the org is fine, right? This is the thing, right? It's the same. If the org is fine with paying these salaries and they don't care if they're competitive or not, then okay. Like, why should we care? Like, that's that's why should we care? Why should any unless you're an EG fan or unless you're a North American who hopes to one day get into a good North American roster? There's only three North American teams, guys: Liquid, EG, and Complexity. That's it. That's it. So if you're worried about like all this other stuff killing North American Counter Strike, like let's start thinking about the orgs that are meant to be supporting North American Counter-Strike and what they're putting out there. Like you can Save, at least- Saving even, maybe by their own words. Um, I, I just oh, want to add, yeah. add, add one thing. I think also from like ESL side and all the partner stuff, like they do have this clause. I don't believe this clause is going to be like reached that they're just going to be kicked either. out. But they also need to like do something to kind of protect the integrity not integrity but the brand of the tournament essentially and their whole agreement like if you're actually going to have a team like this that's just going to lose all the time and be completely irrelevant that is just going to reflect badly on your brand like this is why we don't want like partner teams in general and you have an egregious example right now and maybe we can give them another shot or something maybe we give them you know another tournament and but there needs to be something. There needs to be something said from from ESL's side that like, okay, we can't stand for a team being un uncompetitive completely. Because if you look at all of the all of the groups, anyone that finished like with no wins, looking for org, like they don't even have a org. They're from Australia, not even the best team for Australia. Okay, who cares? Sprout they finished without a win, but they actually played fairly competitively in some of these best of threes. Yeah, they have party astronauts, also no org, also with a stand in. Right, and then there's EG there. Like the, you can't be in this category as a partner team. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not okay. What it's if we just put them okay. in the conference? 
<laughs> yeah, no, seriously. But... Like, like, what? What if if they the... if they had to requalify, that would be a good thing. Yeah, like they yeah. they ended up like in the clause. If you but they up... still have like invites to IM Dallas to IM, all of these other tournaments. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's where the issue starts to become bigger and worse. But yeah. I, for pro league specifically, that well, that would be that would be maybe a good do. step. That would be a good step. Yeah. yeah. Because then if they can't qualify against the teams in the conference, then then you have some real issues, right? Like there's, I think the thing is, like, this is why I'm not being like overly harsh. This is why I'm not like sitting here going, man, they fucking, you know, like I'm not, I'm not gonna do that because like at the same, like I've said again, if the org doesn't care, why should we? But also, if they end up qualifying at the RMR, which we'll talk about, it's going to happen next week. Um, if they end up qualifying at the RMR, then that probably buys them the goodwill anyway. Because you qualify at the RMR, you get into the major, and then maybe Valve brings stickers back, and then you make another two and a half million for your org off of sticker money. And then your org goes, well, who gives a fuck? We just fund our Counter-Strike team for the entire year with the sticker money they earned us by qualifying at the new easiest region other than Asia. Like, the, 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 Americas, uh, the Americas RMR is like what the CIS miners were, right? Where everybody got upset about the fact that CIS had so many spots. That's what that's what the that's what the Americas is now, right? There's two good teams. It's Furia and it's Liquid, right? Like that's that's it. That's that's like in terms of world counter strike, that's it. So like I like let's just let's wait and see. maybe yeah. maybe they qualify. Maybe let's they qualify the and it all works out. They might I all guess. work out. Yeah, let's do the playoffs. Let's get into the playoffs. All right. We didn't really talk about complexity. Oh yeah. Are they kind of okay? Kind of what you expect, honestly. Yeah. Roy, did you watch any of the complexity games? Yeah, I've seen the play. Um, we actually practiced them a lot as well. So, I mean, I don't know. I think they kind of live up to the expectation. It's not like, I don't know like, like what the expectations really are. I mean, I don't really see them as a team who is a top contender for, you know, tier one and being a really, really good team in terms of, 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 of like the brand that complexity is. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, they have some stuff to work on. They don't really have the experience and like the all the great names and all these kind of things. Uh, so I mean, I think they are doing all right in terms of what you would expect. So, but I mean, I I also think that that it's it's a team that has a lot of potential, you know, in that sense. So if maybe they keep working and have the right mindset and all these kind of things, and it seems like the guys are pretty hungry, you know, and are working for it, and I like to see that. So I think that's what's most important if you want to see a team, you know, progress and and make it. It's just you know that you get the feeling that they're actually passionate about the game and they want to become better and they want to do what's in their power to actually do it. And I think like uh, landing on an organization as complexity is a really, really great opportunity because it secures you these kind of matches. So maybe in time they will become really good. The, the, one of the things with complexity, like I think that um, I think that. Bang had like moments where he was looking looking pretty good, right? I think like JT, I think his first game wasn't very good, but then he bounced back and had a couple of pretty good performances as the in-game leader, which I which I thought was okay, yeah, cool. Like floppy seems, I don't know, I'd have to check the stats. I'm about to say like floppy seems like pretty consistent, like in terms of he's just he's doing his role, he's doing his job within the team. I think um, the one that worries me a little bit, and like I don't know how much to read into this, like probably too much. I just sit there. And I don't. I, I wasn't in love with compared to the rest of the team's body language and stuff. I wasn't in love with Grimm's body language, right? I don't know. Like I, I'm not trying to like isolate anybody or, or anything like that. It just it, it it didn't seem like the the most crazy amount of fun. I've got uh, a visitor, guys. So uh, I'm gonna keep. Oh, there we go. You can hear the radio now. Do we need to check audio? All right. Cool. We're going to check audio, guys, while we do the show. So we'll just keep That's doing the fine. show. I just came in here because I needed a wide internet connection. So uh, we're just going to keep going. Like, there's there's nothing going on. So you might hear <laughs> some talking in the background. Uh, and I think, yeah, Junior, a bit more consistency on the AWP, right? But yeah. uh, do, you, do you have any takeaways, Prof? I mean, uh, yeah, I think what they what they miss is experience with Roy said. Like, the late rounds, some of these, you know, 
when you need to do the smart move and then you overpeak or you go for that third kill or stuff like that, which just complicates the round, then you lose the round, then you lose the map, then you lose the series. Uh, because they, they're for most of the games, they were like there, they were competitive. It wasn't that they were getting super blown out or anything. So I think they they have potential. And the, it's it, exact, exactly what he said. They're, they're a team for the future. Maybe not with the exact pieces. Maybe something changes. But there's there's something going on there that is good and it's going in the right direction. Of course, it's disappointing that they didn't that they lost to Ego and that they couldn't close out against like Astralis. They could have maybe gone to the playoffs in some in some universe. But was it expected? It wasn't. Did they play okay? They did. In the end, they finished with one win, which isn't like super amazing when you look at the just look at the scores. But I think they played okay CS overall. Yeah, uh, just just some of these mistakes that ended up costing them a bit more than they wanted, essentially. Okay, you guys might hear some counting here in a second. You got sorry, Roy, you have a sign to say? I don't know. Oh, all right, cool. I just linked Lucas the bracket. I'll link it for you guys here as well, so you guys can see it. And uh, we'll get talking about the playoffs, and we'll uh, we'll start talking about today because. In about, what is it, two hours from now, uh, the playoffs will be kicking off here. Now, I'll explain it for everybody playing at home. This is where we have to have a lot of conversation about the group results and what they mean because looking at the bracket, it looks like a fucking dumpster fire. Uh, it looks like somebody went, fuck Counter-Strike, I don't know what this game is, let's just put teams against each other because it looks like shits and giggles. Now, that's not the case at all. Uh, where you placed in your group would de determine if you skip through to the uh the quarterfinals if you play second and third you have to play off in the round of 12 and unfortunately for phase and players who i would say were the favorites in their group uh they were unable to top their group right so that meant that you have teams like movistar riders and furia getting through straight into those quarterfinal slots the only team who was a favorite in their group who topped their group was navi Vitality and G2 didn't even qualify from their groups to even contend in those kind of positions. So you end up with, unfortunately, and there's logic to this, and I can explain the logic for everybody if you would like, but there is a reason that the bracket ended up in, in this fashion, right? There's a part of it that's, that's random, but there's a part of it that makes sense. So for example, any teams that came first or second within the group are not meant to be able to meet each other again until I think it's like at least a semifinal. I have it written down. Mihal gave me the full list of things that make sense there, right? So there's a reason why it ended up being phase and players in the opening game. And then the winner, those guys play against Na'Vi, right? Is it great? Would we have preferred something a little bit more of like a well-balanced bracket? Yeah, but we already had our seeding system and that was the group stage. And that's what people seem to not be able to get through their brains, right? That this that was the seeding yeah, stage. I mean, the, the issue why we have, let's say, Everyone that looks at this, they would say, okay, Navi is the best team in the quarterfinals and the second best is NIP probably, right? Yeah. And then when you look at the uh, most Fury, mo maybe. most stacked quarterfinals, you'd probably say Heroic Liquid and you'd say phase players. And then ideally you would you'd swap the Heroic Liquid with the Fnatic Ants and you swap like Entropic Astralis with phase players or something like that. Then the bracket would be much more even out. But the, the rule is, I guess... If you finish, like the teams that finish first and second in the same group can't meet until the grand final. And if you finish like first and third, then you can't meet until the semifinal or something like that. And that's why, which I get the idea, but maybe when you look at the bracket now, you see how disbalanced things are. Maybe that's not the best rule to have overall. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Like, the, if it's known beforehand, right? If if the teams know beforehand. No, it's, it's like, of course, you're not going to change it now. But like, if we're talking about what is best for the tournament in general like it doesn't matter that you played someone in the group and then you had to play him early again like i don't think that's that big of a deal especially because yeah, as you said right, it's so yeah. it's just for seat it's not just for seating it's for seating and to make playoffs but i don't know 
what do you think about the bracket when you when you saw it, Roy? I mean, it looks kind of you know. I mean, some like if you would make the perfect bracket, of course you would make some changes. But I mean, it is what it is, you know, right? When when favorites don't really step up and do what's expected and stuff like that, then it's, obviously it's gonna look pretty weird. So I mean, that's that's just how it is, and I just feel like it's. I mean, the only pretty sad bracket to to see is just you know Fnaticans, and then they're gonna face movie stars in the quarterfinals, and this they're gonna make to the semifinals, and then you see you know face players and Navi and gonna face the winner of the, that team and then you know so but i mean i mean it, I, I, th I think it could have been way worse than it is i feel like it's of course usually sometimes in a bracket like this there's gonna be one side or like one or two matches that's gonna be a bit weird to watch because it feels like it's way too early in the in the stage for these two teams to meet but i mean it is what it is right and when favorites don't step up then that's, a, that's just how it is nice so I think that's the fine. logic i like Roy. that's the one yeah if, yeah nice okay um let's yes, shit. <laughs> 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 mate when we have a fucking group stage there's round robin best of three it's like come on now guys come on anyway uh maybe we need some more seeding matches after we qualify what yeah do but let's do that? a week now actually instead let's turn this week into the seeding week with all of the 12 teams and yeah, then... everyone plays best of one round robin against yep. everyone and then we use that to seed the playoffs and then next week we play we double elimination playoffs yeah all right. <laughs> like, like the only the only way you could fix this is just you have some guy who is an like you know expert or genius who will just put the seating himself, and the other one just puts his puts their trust in that guy, and then you know that's what it is. But that that also just feels like so bad. So, I mean, when you just you gotta when you play for the seats, this is just what what can happen, you know? So. Yeah, I I want to go through this bracket now, Roy. Before we go through and like do game by game, I want your initial thought on who you think is going to win the tournament or or the grand final. I'll make it a little bit easier on you. Who do you, who do you think is going to be in the final? Uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Navi versus Heroic actually. Okay. The final, and then I think Navi is going to take it. All right, all right. We got a uh, we got a full on prediction out of you there. I like. Yeah, that. I think that's just like the way the bracket looks. I don't really see any other thing happen than that. Okay. Okay. I think that when we when we break it all down, let's start at the top and we'll work our way through this, right? Okay. So Heroic versus Liquid. Prof, who you got? I know yeah, you, I I also go. I think that I agree with his final prediction. Like uh, Navi, Navi heroic. It's makes the most. Sense. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. But like, we there's some nuance to all of this, right? Do we think heroic going to walk over liquid in a two-zero fashion? Do we think it's going to be two-one? Like that right, that right there is a result that uh, maybe it's not as clear cut on paper, right? No, I I don't know. I I thought liquid had some good moments, so I think I think they can take a map. They can make it an interesting game. Although, like heroic, also team that. Can just run over a team like Liquid if if things go go poorly. But I saw some glimpses from Liquid that I mm. think they could they could, they should make it competitive. And then the next game against NIP as well. I don't think that's a walk in the park either for for Heroic, right? I think it's also going to be a competitive game. That's going to be NIP with uh, Fozy though, Fosey, right? Yeah. So like to be fair for NIP, when you go and you have a look at how they were able to get through, like they just performed, they just performed to like a. Like just a standard, whereas everybody else, like we're having, you know, down results in terms of the favorites, they were just chugging along, right? They were just, and we were getting some good stuff, right? We were we were getting Res playing well, we were getting Hampus doing Hampus stuff. Like Plopsky was was back to some regard, so the team we have to hope can stay to that. But this is the thing that they're, they're now focusing on the RMR with Brolin, right? So and Brolin is here, as I've mentioned. So Roy, do you think the NIP have any shot against Heroic? Do you think, like stylistically, maybe there's something they could do, knowing that Fozzy's not the, the long-term fifth of the team, or do you think this is clear-cut for Heroic? I mean, the only way I, th I see a world where they can do it is, is maybe because, like, bringing Brolin and like practicing with him and kind of having a focus elsewhere could maybe give them some, you know, 
like to loosen up a little bit and just play, you know, for fun and it's just like just uh, go with the flow and just play. And then if they like, they have some good individuals on the team and like Hambus and Risk can have like huge, huge impact. So if they, you know, just meet up and they just like kind of chill about it and they don't really have so much focus on it and they just feel themselves and they just play insane, then I, I could see a world where they could win actually. But uh, I mean, I feel like a lot of times when you bring in a new guy, it just brings a lot of motivation for the team. Uh, even though if you start playing, you know you just you're just kind of like looking forward for the future and just you know, like enjoying your time and playing the game. So maybe in some world that will happen. But I mean, I feel like Heroic is just playing so good right now that it's gonna be really really hard even if that happens. So I mean, that's a small chance, of course. It's CS, right? So yeah. All right. But, well, what do you weight it? Like a seventy thirty, uh, an eighty twenty? I think seventy five percent that Heroic is gonna win. Maybe okay. eighty actually. I think. Okay, that's pretty confident. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we got Fnatic versus Ents now. For Fnatic, their positive is back on land. They've got Crims back, which is great. It's another weapon for Alex to be able to use, utilize here. Now, maybe not one he needs to actively utilize because of Crims knowledge of his experience, but he's back in the, in the team. Against Ents, who were looking really good. I think some uh, big proponents of them getting this far was uh, Sphinx was looking really good and Hades as well. I think the two of them combined won out like 18 1VX situations within their group, right? So that's actually a lot to have even though it is five best of threes, but for the two of them to be closing out that many rounds. I like the style of Counter-Strike ends are playing. I like the depth of the players there. I think it's going to be difficult for um, for Fnatic uh, here. They, they did just play the other day in a best of one online, and it was, I think it was Mirage, and Ents and had won that one. And uh, Fnatic are also still using Pepsil uh, and Poison, right? Uh, Poison and Mezzi, I'll just give people a bit of a recap. Maybe they missed the group. Poison and Mezzi were the two factors in why Fnatic was able to make it through. Uh, Mezzi was fantastic for them in terms of the pistol rounds and his just general overall impact. I still think he's one of the highest rated players in the tournament. Like in, I think he's in the top 10. And Poison was really good on the AWP. And then in the final game, I think that's where they kind of disappeared. But um, Poison was really good in terms of opening kills. I think there was some stat line I had before the final game that they played. Poison was responsible for like some ridiculous amount of their opening kills. I fucking tweeted it. I should remember this shit. And um, they were converting like 75% of the rounds that he was getting the opening. So like I look at this here and I go, okay, well, you need to replicate that form out of Mezzi and Poison. If they can do that, great. And then you have Crims bolstered to the matchup here. But what are you guys thinking about Fnatic answers? Is, is this a clear favorite? Is, is this one here easy to call or a little bit harder? I think this, this whole bracket just looks like it's going to be so shaky, I feel like, because I think like all the teams, this movie stars world, they have shown like really great size, but they have also shown like really know bad times and bad games so i mean this just feels like it's a 50 50 in every single game up until the semi-finals where they're probably gonna face heroic so i mean i think it comes down to as you said like fanatic it comes down to messi and poison and then it comes back down to you know uh, Spinks and hades and Yusha as well so and if movie star can keep the level of course they're going to be a really hard team to play against i think uh, the question is if they're going to be able to put like to keep up their level because i think that they, what they've shown in the group stage was actually insane so mm. I mean, I think it's, yeah, I really, I actually have no idea at all who, like, what team is going to make it through to the semifinals out of these three teams. I think it's going to be really exciting matches. The pinnacle cup part of the bracket, as we call it, essentially. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. Like, the, these three teams, like, it doesn't feel like they, this is like a quarterfinal, semifinal team yeah. for the, for the EPL, but it is essentially. I agree. It's very hard to call. I like, I'd go with Ents. I think Ents have like great pieces that should, be good together um more than any any like a fanatic or movie star which i which i see like okay good teams had good performances but i don't think these are the teams that are going to be consistently 
on this level essentially and for Movistar especially I don't know if they can if the additional pressure is going to play play a part because they played super well they played almost like they're I don't know playing a Spanish cup and not playing against some of the best teams in the world so I'm curious about that I I think I think Ants goes goes on beats Fnatic and beats Movistar but it could be could be anything, right? Ents also has these moments where they disappear. Uh, although after the group stage of EPL, they've been okay online. I mean, they did their job everywhere, which historically hasn't been a thing. They had like, oh, good, good result, and then falling off. And I mean, Roy talked about this before. Like, you know, when you play a super big, important tournament, then you go on to play some of these qualifiers for qualifiers for qualifiers for mm-hmm. blast. It's not the same thing, right? It's hard to keep focus, but they managed to to just perform and do their job so that's kind of a good good sign for me yeah i i think that in this opening matchup that ents are the favorites i think that for the map pool as well i think ents can can pick a little bit deeper um than than what fanatic can but then at the same time alex can prep heavy for the maps that he wants right i feel yeah. like we might see like an overpass pick or something come out of fanatic here today whereas like because he's not going to be able to get into the inferno that alex probably would would want to play as, as well so I think that like if they can win their map choice, Fnatic, it can be a three mapper, but that's that's the question. It comes down to being able to to win their their map choice. So yeah, and and I'm interested to see because I feel like more consistency from Ents, especially in a match like this. If Ents can come and pick this up in like it doesn't have to be a blowout, but if they can make it look good, then this is where the conversation for Ents can start to change because the dialogue about them is like consistency or like how deep can a team like this go or how how what is the real ceiling of this team. There's no doubt they have talented individuals. It's just like how far can they really push that issue against some of the best in the world? So I think Ents are the favorites. And then against Movistar Riders, I think Ents remain the favorites. Um, I think Movistar Riders, their biggest issue is continuing to show something new. Like now, how deep can they play? Right? Like how does does Mopoz not buying armor and playing with a with a rifle and doing some crazy shit behind a smoke? Like how long does he get away with that? Right? Like uh, some Pius on the AWP, he's had some good games. Is he able to now match it with other like really good orpers, right? Like those are some of the questions that that I want answers to. I think that we spoke about this last time. I think Davy G and uh, Deaths, if they can show more through the two of them, then I think that Movi Star can maybe hang around. But it's those two I worry about being a little bit of a of a liability in in maybe some of these crunch matches with with low impact. Um, so let's let's decide on this, boys. Let's. So I think we all agree. Enter the favorites against Fnatic, yeah. but against Movistar Riders, we got to split this one. I think I think Ents is gonna. You know, I yeah. Think, um, I think like when you when you play really good, I think Movistar they're probably in a spot where they're really really happy with like whatever happens now. And when you are in that spot, it can be kind of you know hard to you know just give you everything uh, everything to feel and win the game because you are already you know satisfied or happy with what you already done. So. I could see a world, you know, where they just kind of fall off and it's just, you know, sweep them out and just win uh, okay. pretty big. So, but I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind the way of looking at their prof. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm leaning Ents as well. Okay, all right. So then we're gonna have Ents taking on uh, Heroic, Heroic in that game, and I actually think that could be a really good game. That could be spicy. Yeah. That could actually be quite a fun semi-final, all things considered, right? Like I think that. Ents can also play this explosive, like in your face. They have good individuals. So if you're trying, you like two man Tessus and fucking refresh push somewhere on the map and like Madden sitting there waiting with an AK for you, like he's going to have no issue, you know, mowing yeah. down two. Or so they're already going to be in the bomb site planting the bomb. So it doesn't matter either. True. True. Like, true. True. Yeah. So I think we, bro, you were going with Heroic making it to the final prof. You were there as well. So I look, I think that that game is maybe closer. Like I think it's maybe like a 60 40. 
for heroic. I just think like, I don't know uh, where I'm basing that off of. I'm giving a lot to Ants here. I'm maybe giving too much to Ants actually. Uh, I think you're giving too much. 70, 30? Uh, yeah, that's better. Okay. I was being yeah. generous. But definitely an <laughs> interesting stylistic stylistic clash um, between those two teams. That's that's when you can see like how things could maybe go wrong for Heroic more so than against like an NIP even. Even though maybe I'd say NIP is a stable, better team than Ents. I don't really see them like, you know, beating Heroic. This is mm. like, how does this happen actually? Yeah, it's not like Heroic has an easy run, but they don't have a hard run, right? Like yeah. I, I think that they'll, they'll get tested at points, but for them not to make the final with the bracket they have, if I was yeah. them, I would be disappointed. I think so too. I think they are really happy with like like dodging face and and players and and Navi. And I think that's if you just do that, then you can can't be anything but happy. Mm. Okay. But I mean, it's also you know as you said, it's like if they lose anything, they're gonna be really disappointed as well. So maybe a bit more up, pressure. They have, they have to yeah exactly. So they have to live up to their own expectations. So okay. Let's jump to the other side of the bracket here, Lucas. Let's talk about uh, this, this is lower difficult. half. This is difficult. I actually think a lot of these games are hard to call. So uh, let's start with uh, FaZe versus Players. That's the second game of the day. Uh, that it'll be after Ents versus Fnatic. FaZe versus Players. Now, this one here, it's like the IEM Katowice champions with the caveat versus Players who I feel like Players play to the level of their opponent. Right, I that's what I th I think they're the new team that plays to the level of their opponent because they had some games throughout the group where I was like, oh, this is this is a little bit rough around the edges, and then it, they had, like which was the game that I think it was against Movistar Riders within the group, like on Ancient where it was only uh, it was only Shiro and Hobbit getting kills, and I think like the other three of them were just like dead silent, right? And then I was talking about on air about Nafi like getting loud and firing up the team, and I still think they're trying to as a team work out how they want to operate on land, like just with the personalities or the playmakers and that kind of stuff. So. I worry that there's a couple wobbles for players, but they've been in this facility the whole time since their group. They haven't gone home. FaZe did. They were obviously much earlier on in the piece. Um, are there any initial thoughts here on this one, Roy? Like, can you can you draw a, a clear line for who you think's gonna be favorite? Have you practiced much against either of these two? Uh, I feel like these two teams are just you know insane. I feel like Gambit is or like players there, just a really really good team. And FaZe, I mean, they've been looking so good as well. I think this this is probably like the Outside of the final, which is going to be Navi and Heroic, I think this is going to be the second most exciting game for sure. And oh, it's, okay. uh, yeah, I definitely feel like this is a really, really hard to read game. And uh, actually, I actually like your point about you know players playing up to the level of their opponent. I actually haven't thought about that, but it actually, I kind of agree. As <laughs> I kind of uh, you know thought there yeah, that makes sense. You know, same same moment you said it. So, uh, and Face has been playing really good. So I think this is going to be really really. High, high level Counter Strike match, which is you know always fun to see, and I think it just comes down to you know in the end of uh, you know the individuals and the start of the, of the both of the teams and how they're gonna play. So yeah, which way but you leaning? You got think, either uh, or? I don't know why, but I, I think Face is gonna take it actually. Okay, I think Face is gonna take it. Prof, where you landed on this? Yeah, that's the this gut, is more of a gut call, right? That's a gut feeling for me as well. Um, it's just not based on much. Like they played a couple of times. Face did win in the important games um the more important games historically so that's one of the one of the things it's also just like a studio lens it's not it's not like gambit have some extra massive pressure it's going to be the same thing as playing in the group stage where they played well phase didn't play that well but they still made it through so and they picked up towards the end which is important right that's kind of how you expect things to go maybe for, for a big team they played without rain an official so now they need to get back on track 
So it, I, I feel like, yeah, it's like a 50-50 coin toss, but just like edging it to phase, just like completely on gut. But players yeah. is number two in the world and phase is number four in the world. So and the players are the favorites. So, you know. Yeah. Phase are number two now. Oh, it's, this is from the beginning of the tournament. If you're looking oh. at, uh, oh, you're looking. Ah, at... okay. So phase is number two now, and they yes. are the favorites. So that like anything else than them winning is unacceptable, right? Of course, <laughs> yes. <laughs> this one here is a very difficult one to call, right? I think that like romantically, I want to think it's going to be phased, but I have one of these situations that like because they're just starting essentially like a fresh tournament today. If they don't have their playmakers, if they're not fired up initially, I think it's going to be a little bit harder. Whereas I don't think that players need that same same thing to go for them. They can just sit back and play their safety net style of Counter-Strike. And if the game is like quite even, then I think they're going to be okay. But if Rops just gets this fucking sick triple kill or Twist runs into Nuke topside and entries both, they're not going to play Nuke. For a, that's a terrible example. Um, but you, you get the point, right? Like I know if those individuals pop off, it could be a little bit harder to contain. So I want to go with FaZe as well, but that's because I want FaZe to be, even though I'll lose my bet, I want FaZe to be a contender throughout this year. I think they have all the pieces to be one of the, the best teams in the world, right? So uh, let's go with FaZe here. Entropic Astralis. This one's a curious one. Um, Forrester has been a, a beast for Entropic on land. Elian's going to need to make sure he can play to a level comparable to keep up uh, on the other side. It's not like he has a crazy head-to-head -head against Farley or anything here, but I think I think he the needs way to kill config <laughs> doing his stupid shit all over yeah. the map essentially. Stop config from getting space. Yeah. If that can happen, then I think Entropic can win this game. But I don't know who the favorite in this match is. Like, is is not an on paper betting favorite or a ranking favorite, but can do you guys have a like is matchup wise, is there a favorite here, bro? What do you think of Entropic? I think they are they are pretty, you know. They can be very scary, but they can also, you know, kind of flop on lane. I think they, I think this is, but I had kind of the same feeling about Astralis right now, especially now when they just, you know, brought in filing and stuff, they have some things to work on. So I also feel like it's a complete 50-50 in that sense. Um, but I, I don't know why, I, 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 I kind of lean more towards Astralis. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I think Astralis will take it, but I think it's, this, is, this is a really close matchup. I wonder, right, when you think about this matchup as well, because we've seen some teams more recently than others. So I wonder like how much like our as viewers, because it happens to me all the time, like our recency bias plays into this. I think some of the Counter-Strike I saw in Group A and Group C uh, was pretty rough. Like it was some some not highly entertaining CS, but then like say like the, there's been some games in Group D that I watched and I was like, oh, okay, like fuck, we're actually, we're doing this shit. Like we're pod racing again, you know? <laughs> and I'm not sure if that's just like, I, because we know that the, we're starting to get towards the tail end or if the Counter-Strike was actually better or whatever. Maybe there was just some more exciting plays, which tends to make it a little bit more enjoyable. But I don't know. Like I on this one here, this one here feels like a coin toss for me. I think that if it's a close game, I feel like we talk about Entropic being a hard team to put away. And uh, if you if you look at the, you know, maybe in the back of the minds of the Astralis guys not being able to close out against Heroic, I, look, it's not the same members of of the old of the olden day Danish roster, right? Where you know we're going back fucking six years ago in terms of having a hard time closing. But I'm just wondering if if that comes into it at all. I don't know. I don't know which way to go with this, boys. I'm. Uh, do we let Twitch chat vote? Do we let Lucas yeah. vote? I think uh, yeah, it's gonna be. It's also a probable ancient uh, pick there from Astralis. That's also a good thing. Like they've been really, really good on that map, which gives them a leg up uh if you almost give that as as a win at this point um so that's kind of a factor uh odds wise astralis is the favorite but like 160 to 2.3 or something so it's not it is kind of a up in the air thing uh, mm. definitely 
We're going to make a decision here. Lucas, do you want to make the call for us? I don't believe in Astralis. Well, if Lucas doesn't believe in Astralis, then I guess that that says it all. So let's go with Entropic. I'm going to begrudgingly go with Entropic here. I, mean, okay. I don't know. If I had all day to debate this, I would probably end up on Astralis. But let's go, let's go with Entropic. It, 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 I mean, to in my opinion, just to elaborate. Here we go. It, it's, it's more of a thing that it's Astralis map or a match to lose than Entropic's to win. Okay, this is some out out of the box here analysis coming I in mean, from Lucas. Yeah, according to Astralis, they're very happy. It's a new lineup. Yeah, they only yeah. had thirty seven days to practice, and uh, they made a massive change. So uh, for okay. that, they're super happy with this result already. I mean, it's so it's not you know I won't be surprised if they win. I just think there's you a lot be surprised if they lose. Uh, yeah, I. So you're not going to be surprised no, at all. No. We need to get you surprised, Lucas. All right, let's go with Entropic for argument's sake here. Actually, you know what? Fuck all that noise. Astralis versus Fury would make a more exciting quarterfinal. Sorry, Entropic. Even though we said you're going to win, I want to talk about the idea of an Astralis versus Fury game instead of a uh, yeah. Entropic versus what do you Fury see? What game. do you see happening there? Oh, my God. Art and fucking Config are going to open <laughs> a wormhole through Smokes that will change the time dimension of Counter-Strike. It is going to be crazy. Smokes are going to be dropped. They're both going to be running through at full pelt, one with a shotgun in hand, one with an AK only hitting headshots, and the game's literally going to break. Like, <laughs> that. think about that game. Think about how crazy it could be. I would love to watch that. You've got Art and you've got Config, and I guess you throw Glaive into the mix. He can be aggressive in there too. Oh, those guys just fucking running around. And then you've got Blame F, Yuri and K Serato, three like awesome, dragging, like just yeah. ankle anchor sit back rifler, pop your head off when you come their way, riflers. I think that could be a sick game of CS. I would love to watch that game, actually, quite truly. I think that would be very entertaining. Yeah. Like, sign me up for that shit. I don't I would know. Love to see art knife in config. Just a little knife and knife battle here and there in the smokes. That would be lovely. Do you think it would be that? Like, you think it would play out pretty crazy? Do you think both teams would, yeah, would stick so. to that type of play style? I think art would like. Art, you always you can always count on him. You know he's gonna make he's always gonna make some insane things in every match he plays. So, and I feel like this config is also just that type of player. So I think that's gonna be it's gonna be a very good environment for both of them. You know to create a lot of chaos because when you are a guy who takes a lot of chances, there's also gonna be a lot of you know open uh, spaces for the other team as well. So hmm. I think it's gonna be a very fun match. Okay. So who do you think is going to win that one, boys? I know we've I know I've crowbarred Astralis in here, but Astralis versus Furia. Do we have a do we have a winner? I really like the way we saw Furia playing. Yeah, yeah, I think Furia as well. Furia has been really good, so it's it, you just have to pick him at this point. Okay, let's go Furia, and then on the other side we have Navi versus Phase. No matter what happens, that game should be a banger. But I think if we go with what Roy was talking about before, Navi <laughs> making it all the way, then like we we could have a discussion about this match. But what's the point? Navi versus FaZe, no matter what we say, is going to be a good game. There's so many good players yeah. on the server. You guys at home don't need us to tell you that. I can't give you any nuanced fucking breakdown of how it's going to play other than it should be a good game. But Navi versus Furia, is that where you think like Furia get like fed? They understand that they get taught like, hey, this aggressive shit ain't going to fly against like Bit and Simple and everybody. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the like it's just when you play players that are so good, it's just you know it's just so hard to make stuff like this happen, and it's so hard to you know catch them off guard and all these things because they are just so good and they are ready for. Especially you know when they prep and, and they know it, they see it coming and they have a good idea of what's gonna happen. Then yeah, it's I think it's they're just gonna sweep them out. I think Navi is uh, I think the only close matches for Navi is probably gonna be that uh, you know the quarterfinals here against Face or players, mm. and then um, I think in the final, I think everything else in that they're just gonna stop. Okay. All right. Well, 
I guess that kind of sums up the bracket here. Maybe we can get someone on the social team like Dimitri or whatever to do the do the bracket done up and we can see how we go. Um, but I guess that's the the end of this little segment about talking about the playoffs. And it's just over two hours now. Prof, do we have anything exciting coming in the mailbag for Roy? Any questions from uh, the viewers at home? Let me sec. Let, let me just fail for like... All right, well, play the, like... play the bumper, Lucas, for yeah. playtime and we'll be back in a second. We're back from the mystery. That is the break. Uh, you okay. ready to go, Prof? There is a question for this is for Sponge. Oh. Will CSGO skins combine with NFTs? No. Okay. Why would that's, Valve doesn't that's, like NFTs? That's that's a question for you. Thank you. Okay. There. Uh this is for Mohit K7. He got his answer. Uh Funky Duke, why no new updates for CSGO this major? No, that's not the question I wanted. The question I wanted was uh for Roy overlooked up and coming talent in the Danish scene. What can uh, we hear? Sorry, guys. I'm turning some knobs down. One second. There I don't hear gone. anything. It's, it's fine. gone now. Sorry, Roy. I think it's so hard. I don't really feel like there's, you know, there's a. I don't think in the Danish scene in a while we've had, you know, a clear cut. You know, this guy he's gonna be, you know. I think, uh, I think Siphon was it before. Uh, he kind of, you know, got up to play an out team and kind of get some experience and stuff like that. I think he was, you know, a guy, especially with his visual kind of aim. He was, he was a guy like that. But I don't really feel like we have. Because I think there are some guys, but they kind of had the chance and they kind of blew it. I think we saw like Yensi, he I think he could could have been a really good offer and he kind of, you know, made the step to ecstatic and kind of really didn't show up and then had to take a step down back again. And I think we've saw we've seen that with other guys. And I think maybe I think the next good Danish player is probably gonna be someone like who has already, you know, have got a lot of experience already and have been playing and have had his chance, but maybe a guy like Nodius, maybe. Um like he has already played on a pretty decent level, right? But he's kind of, you know, had to take a step down as well and kind of work his really, like, really work his way up. Um, and uh, no, it's it's just I don't really have any like of the full unexperienced young guys who is just you know Stare this guy kid from who's playing for Sprout. Did you see? Did you know much about him, Stair? Yeah, I think uh, he would be a pretty good choice. I mean, it's not like I'm like fully sold that he's just going to be insane. I think he's he's got a great chance of joining Sprout and. But I still think there's a lot of you know work to to be done. Um, I think maybe we could look at a team as at uh, like Masonic, like they have some guys. Mm. But it's just like there's so many guys that you know that uh, that are pretty good and they have potential. But uh, I'm not really how sure how they're gonna be doing when they when they take up the next step. I think like Stair, if he was if he was would have been like insane on the Sprout team with the chances on the teams that he have faced, I think he would have he would have been a great name. But uh, I think I think he's probably you know one of the the guys to look at for sure. Okay. What about uh, like somebody like Fessor or something like that? Um, I'm not sure. I think he, I think he should have been performing better, you know, at Astralis Talent and the teams that he's been facing and and the kind of you know amount of time that he's been putting in and playing FP all the time. I think if he would have been putting up number like big, bigger numbers, I definitely think that that guy would have, you know, is a really good example of a guy who could make it. Okay. Um, but I'm still, I'm still kind of waiting for for him to show more. All right. Um, I got a couple of questions that keep getting asked, Prop. I figure I'll answer them here for any of our viewers who've hung around. Okay. Uh, one of which is, is the uh, EPL playoffs being played in front of a crowd? The answer is no. 
another question that keeps getting asked is about the the audio, uh, about why we can't hear the players celebrating. So basically, the production for the event is in Katowice, Poland. That's where the analysts are. And the commentators and the players are all here in Dusseldorf in Germany. So basically, we're playing a relay race because the game is live. It's on LAN. There's no delay. The delay is not baked in, right? So the, it, it's live. So what happens is, because this feed's getting sent to there and then it has to come back, if we played out the reactions, it would be ahead of the actual result. So when it was getting played a couple of weeks ago and you heard all the cheers, it was happening just before the rounds had ended. So it was spoiling the result of the game. So that's why it's not happening anymore. Um, but I, I think in the future, that should no longer be a problem because I think uh, there's some changes that are happening to, to avoid that. So when I say future, I don't mean this week. I mean future ESL events. Saying no more production is Katowice? Is that I'm not saying, saying anything. I'm just saying that it might get fixed in the future. That's 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 all I'm saying, Prof. I don't know what I what I I probably already said too much, but um, a lot of the people wanted to know. I keep getting that question all the time, so I figured I would answer that one for everybody. Um, but yeah, there's a that's that's about it. We didn't talk about Fiku. Someone is saying, what about Fiku? He was pretty good, True. but we spoke about like I think we mentioned him when we talked about Ego. Like I was like, yeah, I remember him and MHO playing together, and, and a couple of comments like that. Um, yeah, I think that's. That's, that's it. it. That's it, guys. I think that's Final it. Final thoughts. All right, Roy, this is your chance, mate. You want to say anything to anybody out there? Do you want to start any beef like Kadian and Glaive have gone? Do you want to get in the mix? I'm not really a kind of beef kind of guy. I think, you know, what I would do if I get into a huge fight with someone, I would just, you know, pose a smiley and that's that. And, you know, let it speak for itself. You know, it's uh, all the guys that doesn't really know the, the true meaning of the smiley. It's just, you know, it can mean anything. It can mean you want to kill them. It can mean you want to hug them, you know? Okay. That's why I like it so much. It's just, I would just put it everywhere, you know? Someone so something, more. yeah, just put a smiley. You know, it's like you can use the the face when you go into the bus and you you see a guy you've seen before. You just do the, you know, the, the, the bus smile. And, oh, you know, well. you don't know if you want if you want to kill him or if you want to just say hello. All right. Well, it's it's uh, it's next level banter from Roy. Just the smiles, guys. So make sure you smile some more. Thank you to Roy for joining us here and filling in for Striker, who uh, has been out uh, with with a wait. It wasn't a hangover. He was looking out after other people. Uh, thank you for everybody for tuning in. Thank you to the sponsors, ExtraFi. We've always got Bitskins and the new sponsor, N1Bet. That is uh, n1bet.com, I do believe. Uh, you can check them out. Remember to gamble responsibly. And thank you for tuning in, guys. I do not know. Uh, I do not know when our next show will be. Uh, next week, I will be working another event, and I don't know what days I'm working and what days I'm not. So we will try and get a show sorted and ready and raring, probably during the America's RMR, if not a little bit after. I think, Prof, we might have one, right? Maybe the Asian major okay. more. I think okay. that would that would be the that's gonna be the least uh, least busy one. So that should be during the weekend next week. So okay. like ten days maybe. Beautiful. All right, Lucas, you've popped in. What do you want to say? Nothing. I'm just here uh -huh. to say goodbye. Perfect. Goodbye, everybody. See you next week. Thanks again Bye. to Roy. Peace. Thank you.
Add some fun to your space with Extrify, designed in Sweden with focus on quality products built on experience. You're looking at Project 4, their fourth generation of products with super cool colorways to stand out, with matching sets to satisfy with a solid B4 bungee, lightweight ergonomic M4 mouse, the K4 keyboard is fantastic, all of which are performance focused, and finish it off with colorful GP4 mouse mats that are bold in design and smooth on the surface. The retro theme in particular has got the feels. Complete your setup with Extrify, no regrets, guaranteed. Stuck ranking up? Lost the motivation to grind? Bored of clicking heads on AIM maps? Get some color into your game. Bitskins.com. Buying and selling skins made easy. Tons of payment methods and instant cash outs. Just choose your dream skins, select your preferred payment method and start grinding again. If you want to play like the pros, you've got to look like the pros. 